This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Aetherite Radio. Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. We are 13 years old this weekend. Can't count it on my fingers. 13 years old. So here's 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 the question, right? We're we're teenagers now, as as Zen pointed out to me this this week when I mentioned it. Um, so are, like like what what type of of teenager are we do? Are we doing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Are we like Power Rangers teenagers with attitude? Like, do we need to start our rebellious phase now? Like, do we need to give it another year? Like. I'm going to say that given our Final Fantasy 14 theme and or mm-hmm. entire thing we talk about, I'm going to say that we have now entered into our like high school manga phase. Mm. Kind okay. of like how we have the new 14 high school setting, okay. school setting manga. Yeah, yeah okay. that's what I'm okay. going to say. I, okay. I, I don't disagree, but I'm also going to additionally suggest um, this be maybe a Power Rangers manga because of how often we use puns and terrible one-liners. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, That's true. Fair. That is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think that we're also those teenagers, maybe not with the Mountain Dew, maybe with the Mountain Dew, but also playing D and D, because we'll be doing that a little bit That's more. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so this is this is fun. We, promises, we, promises. We mm-hmm. talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. It's like, yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a flipping year since we've done first edition. So guess what? We're bringing it back. We're going to do it again. It's going to happen. Uh, we don't have this a, a solid date for it yet. We are prepping it. Um, obviously, with the patch coming up, we have a lot of things yep. to do involving the patch. So uh, it's coming. It's patching time. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Patching Time. It, you know, you you say that, but now I'm just imagining like like this punk rock grandma with like a sewing needle, like putting patches on like a vest or something for like like her biker grandson. I mean, well, okay, maybe not biker, biker grandson part, but like no, cut to Zen's future in like <laughs> whatever thirty just, years, forty I'm years. I'm just I'm imagining um, what's his name, Dracula. Just going, it's Morbin time. Now I just have that no. in my head. I'm, I, you, you said it. No. It's just that's where my brain goes now. It's, I'm, it's surprised, no. I'm surprised I haven't seen that as like an actual thing. I, I'm I sure feel, someone's done it, right? Like I, right? It, it seems it seems too obvious. Somebody surely yeah. has done that, right? Yeah. Right? I can only hope. I can only yeah. hope. I mean, it's super impressive. 13 years. Yeah. And yeah, it's still baffling to me because technically recently 14 has been talking about how their nine year anniversary. <laughs> That's always up, the best part which, about that. I know. Which I assume is the 2.0 nine year, right? Because with yep. 1.0, isn't it 10? No, with That's 2.0, I, with 2.0 would be uh, 12. Because right, right. we are actually older than Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the podcast started. While the hype was getting Cause we're, started, because we're crazy, we were we were live like a couple months after the E3 announcement. Our first episode was mostly taken from the content of like Famitsu Magazine, mm-hmm. where they talked about this new and exciting uh, quest content system called Guild Leaves, mm-hmm. and we thought it was going to be like the greatest thing ever. State of the art. Yeah, I still have that magazine. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, today we have uh, prelim patch notes for 6.2. We're going to go through those, and then we're going to continue our conversation about uh, our experiences with 14 uh, throughout the, the chronological uh, timeline here. Uh, mm -hmm. Last time we did, it's been a while. We've, you know, people have been missing, and we wanted to have everybody here for it. So uh, we left off with, we were just about done with A Realm Reborn. So I think we're going to, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that, and then we'll, we'll go on. But first, got to do patch notes, because um, there are some things mm -hmm. in these patch notes. Uh, we're getting quite a nice handful of MSQ. I think there's, what, nine, eight, one, two, three, four, four, six, seven, eight, nine MSQ quests? Um, 6.1 was pretty beefy with the content yeah. of their MSQ. So I'm very excited to, to see what they have in store here for us this time. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got have new in store. Pretty, Sorry, it's just yeah. the way you said it. Oh. I thought you were like yeah. trying to say heaven's word, and I'm like, that's what my yeah. brain. I thought like, so too for a second. I thought so too, but it I was think in Zen's the tune. Just, Zen's just mm. disappointed that we didn't finally make this our most glorious 13 year anniversary episode, the musical mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. Every yeah, time I, I show up, and you can't tell, but I'm crying just a little bit because we're not singing to each other. Yeah, if you go, it's it's weird. If you go back, fine. I, you know, whatever the first episode was, where we said that we were going to do the musical episode, and then just do like a time lapse of Zen's face. She just gets a little older and sadder each week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, every single week, every single week. But if I look like this now, imagine how I look then. Like it's 12. like Yoshi P back at the start when he started <laughs> <laughs> taking over versus now, where you just. Sometimes, yeah. you know, he still looks great, but every now and then you just get this look on his face where you see him gazing off into the middle distance, <laughs> and it's as though his soul is 5,000 years old. It's, just like, yeah. it's like, yes, he is a Japanese game developer. You can tell. He's got the look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's that shell shock, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seps of Faith has been changed. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an instance thingamabobber now. You don't get to queue up for it anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, they're trimming down some of the uh, Return to evil stuff. Uh, a lot of Which this is stuff, great. You know, we, we knew. Uh, new items available from certain gemstone traders. Uh, we do see that they're adding a new, uh, like, Titania, like, wings fashion accessory. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where this comes from. Makes um, sense. It would. It would make sense. Um, yeah. We've got... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So... The housing thing, right? Things didn't oh. work out quite the way. And they're like, we're going to make an NPC. So if you feel guilty about having extra money, <laughs> you can give it to this NPC. Already, it's kind of like, okay, I don't think you really need to do that. If you mm -hmm. are one of the few people that this affected and you do do it, you will get posters of Lalafels and Namasu that say, sorry, I'm very sorry and forgive me. I it's perfect. So I want cute. these. I want these posters. Make them available to everybody. <laughs> I want the. I want the dead Namazu like flapping yeah. there and it says forgive. Like that's hilarious. Most expensive so housing items in the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get some new furniture items. Uh, some of these are from uh, the furniture design contest that they've had before. Uh, so there's like a like a really nice looking like Copperker clock. Um, mm. There's uh, like a half, half like a, curtain. a small curtain. Yeah. We got like a bamboo partition for outside. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a Costa del Sol projector. Uh, projector? That's a that's not mm -hmm. a word. Projector. Um, 
The one I'm yeah. so excited now. about is the outdoor. Like, this came out of nowhere. We'd already seen a picture of the tent and the sort of camping set, mm -hmm. but they finally put in Dravanian, like the Dravanian hinterlands, forelands ruins, where there's mm -hmm. this half ruined mm. tower now and I've got to redo the outside of my house that seems <laughs> to look like it's supposed to be there. So that one was an oh, exciting addition. So this is this piece is for you. For mm -hmm. me, yeah. There's they some other things in there that I think I think that they made specifically for Rook and we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> new new aquarium fish. You can get a little like robot fish and I need yep. this. I don't know. Robot I, it, fish. I'm assuming it's already in the game, but it's now just yeah. put it in the aquarium. I need to find this. and uh, It is. Right. Yeah. You don't need to find it because Fish and yep. Fruity already did the research on it, well, which I was excited about. You know, you know what else I saw? I saw him tweet earlier today. He won a large plot. Yeah. Yay. Somewhere on Crystal, there was still yep. a large plot. I just... Yep. Insane. Absolutely but insane. he did. He tweeted about it. It is from Kaluja. It was an invention made by the dwarves. It's, yeah, it would have to be. Gained yeah. sentience and went rogue in the water. And it is a fish you can already catch, but now you'll be able to actually display it in aquariums. Don't you mm -hmm. hate when you just you make a robot fish and it accidentally gains <laughs> sentience and. Yeah. Also, uh, if anybody has missed our episode where we interviewed uh, Fisher Fruity, who created and uh, runs with a bunch of other wonderful people, the Aorzine Aquarium, you should check that episode yeah. out because it was a great interview. It was. It, it's definitely one of my favorite episodes in recent memory. There was uh, puns aside, because like, yeah, look, there's a shitload of puns. It was. Like, <laughs> it was a lot of hubbub. Bub. Yeah, sure, Zed. All right, let's Listen, keep going. Power Rangers, though. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like blub blub, you know, because it's a fish. Okay. Okay. So anyway. All right. I, uh, I love I love support from my friends, but not today. <laughs> well, you need to do things worth supporting first. You just made it worse. Good. That was my goal. Uh, oh! that was the indignity loud. at wow. high levels. <laughs> Uh, instant portrait will now be displayed when beginning a game of Domen Mahjong. Truly, so the update we were waiting for. It's starting to it's starting to show up. I would still love to to see these in dungeons. I think that'd be so good. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, yeah. There was a there was a note on like the digest of the previous live letter that they're trying to do that for the next major patch, but not not six yeah. two. There yeah. there was a small little note in the digest. So hopefully. They're working on it. Uh, new prizes available for purchase with MGP. Maybe Fairy Wings could come from that. Yeah, um, maybe. Island Sanctuary has been added. Yes! Oh, Tear. my gosh. I just... I'm excited. Has anybody else... like? I, they had the, the... They've been live streaming for like the past week of just like a farm <laughs> yeah. in Europe. Yeah. It's just Marching random, farm, random yeah. animals just sitting around being animals. I think I saw anybody, the rooster. The yeah. rooster. I was just Z about to Zenos say. the rooster. Oh god! If anyone has seen a sudden spike in fan art that is a rooster dressed as Xenos, it is because mm -hmm. of this stream. Yeah, that would explain it. I just it. want to know when are we going to fry up and eat Xenos? Well, I mean, we'll see on the island sanctuary what you can do with the animals. You know, that's the you're, you're cooking Xenos, Xenos, Xenos the chicken. Because mm -hmm. the other Xenos is dead and has been dead and will yeah. never come back, and his body is, yeah. right. is rotted and it's not worth cooking and eating at this point. Well, I mean, you know, you, you can... don't eat you don't eat people. That's weird. 
Yeah. Well, I you mean, just that think about too. It. He's returned to the to the the live stream, and he's come back out as a chicken this time. And you know, you could eat him, or you could take care of him because he won't be a human being okay. at least. All right. Because right. if you just I need wait, to, yeah. just I need keep to him go. Alive until you I die. need to go. Yeah. I need to go on record now. Uh huh. We've talked about the idea of Xenos not being dead. Yeah. Square Enix. Okay. I'm gonna lean into it. <laughs> You have my permission to bring Xenos back one more time, but he has to come back as a chicken and he has to be the new Enkidu. <laughs> no. Oh, interesting. Greg and I was Xenos. Thinking, I mean, no. Greg and Xenos would be a, a kind of hilarious uh, combo. And he needs to be aware that he is now a chicken and he needs <laughs> to be absolutely miserable about it. See, I just like the karmic, like, poetry of uh-huh. the hunter becoming the hunted and yeah. namely just becoming a chicken. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I am not convinced that it would be safe for him to be a chicken. Yeah, no, he could he probably like jump out of there. cage yeah. or something. You'd have to cage that. Could you imagine like a Hildebrand quest that just starts with like you're just walking and there's like this rooster that just like wants to get in like a fight with you. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like starts pecking at your ankle. Or at your face if you're a Lalafell. Yeah. Just <laughs> fair. Yeah, so Island Sanctuary, uh, this looks really cool. They went into a lot of detail about this with the live letter. Um, so if you haven't seen any of that yet, go back and check that out. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. You can yeah. build buildings. There's you get you know, there's this whole UI system for it with separate menus to do things. There's it, it's a lot. Um, and I think this is probably something more we'll talk about uh, you know next week when we you know do hands on. Maybe maybe next week is just the Island Sanctuary episode. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. So if, if that's something you want to yeah. know more about, go check it out. It's like a, it's an entire book mm-hmm. of, yeah. uh, of Island Sanctuary yeah. stuff. And we talked about it on our live letter recap last yes. week. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for some discussion and rundowns about the live letter, uh, the translations and bits that we picked up about it, as well as just our own feelings, there was a lot more. We talked about yeah. Island Sanctuary for so long. So. I, I wasn't here, so I'm like, I assumed they talked about <laughs> it. Um, new yeah. hairstyles. We're getting some uh, new ponytail. Uh, they're bringing some new stuff to Viera. Um, and they, they fixed some Prothgar hairstyles to show their ears. Thanks, all the gods. Thank they were all so weird looking. Gods. They were so they weird. They were so Progress. weird. And we're not sure yet if the new hair cells that were added, we have these two sort of ponytails. One of them mm-hmm. seems to have like slightly softer curled bits in the front. The other one's a bit more straight. I'm not 100% sure if that is a gender based thing because they are mm-hmm. shown on two different models that look kind of similar. Mm-hmm. or what, and we don't have any confirmation that those hairstyles are or aren't eligible for Viera Hrothgar, but the new ponytail is cute, and they did yeah. add some new hairstyles to Viera, mm-hmm. and, oh, the the Hrothgars, the hairstyles look so much better with the ears. They look Can't so imagine why, better. though. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, you know, the, the like ponytails, the, uh, the, the first ponytail hairstyle was an MGP item, so maybe these will pop up in, in Gold Saucer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're like they're just they're just different enough. Like one's a little more spiky, one's a little more like flowy. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah, it could be a gender thing. It might just be like here's the two hairstyles on models that happen to be a male and female. I will we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll find out. Um, it's not right here, but I know I did see uh, they're going to be adding. Um, they're going to be lifting some more uh, gender restrictions uh, right. on some stuff I saw somewhere. 
so that's yes. really cool. And a bunch of the sort of Eastern-inspired sets, the ones that are mm -hmm. labeled, you know, Eastern Schoolgirl or Eastern, they're lifting a lot of those from the MOG, the, the oh my gosh, my brain totally shorted for a second. MOG Station. MOG Station. Yeah. <laughs> MOG Station. You so, got it, you started it. I got there, it took a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, some new emotes. Uh, we're going to get, uh, they're redoing the uh, action uh, menu, like UI, where you can see your actions. They're going to have the combos in there. Um, they're mm -hmm. also redoing um, the recast timer display for, for the actions on your hotbar. Um, and so, and a lot of people be happy about that. Yeah, yeah. And you can also you can choose if you want it centered or like in the corner. Now, mm -hmm. um, so I mean that's it's it's one of those things like we heard we were getting UI things. Yeah. And this yeah. bigger recast timer number, I guess, is is what we're getting for this patch. Yeah. Also, a little note from this section: they are adding a new reward for faux hollows and faux leaves, mm -hmm. which is yes. a very cute little. Flying squirrel, <laughs> like yeah. a glider, a flying squirrel, one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Like, like, the, I'm gonna be really disappointed if the item description for this little guy doesn't have like a Rocky and Bullwinkle reference in it somewhere, <laughs> right? Like, like it's just it's asking for it. Yeah, I would think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, scrolling down a little bit, HP restoration over time will no longer generate enmity with each tick of healing. Yay! At last! This is such a relief. It's yeah. not one of those things that really matters, I think, for most veteran players, but it is something that for new healers, a lot of times, is a thing they don't realize, right? They're thinking, oh, I know that the, the tank's gonna go run in and do this thing, so I'm just gonna put this heal over time on them. And when I've done mentor stuff in the past, I've had to say, you know, oh, hey, well, if you cast this or cast that, it'll have a spike of aggro, and with the heal over time ticks, it'll every time that tick goes, that will kind of do another little burst, which can make it difficult, especially if you're running with either a new tank or a new mm -hmm. healer that don't mm -hmm. really know how to look out for that. So this is, I mean, a very small change, but one that I think just will help some of the new players as they come in and start learning these Definitely. roles. Yeah. I am going to be a jerk now. Mm -hmm. Just now? Not really. Oh. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Go away again so that people will be nice to me. The Nitra is lovely and wonderful. Fusion. People are always nice. What? What do you? What? So, so the guy who just said just now. Anyway, it was a joke. I know. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, um, a thing that my brain will catch on to in a second. <laughs> you don't like oh, the change the, with the tick? I, it's not that I don't like the change. I just don't feel it's necessary to an extent. Okay. Um, they they already made they've already made it in comparison to what it used to be much 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 simpler for tanks to keep hate. So, on on some level, I'm like, why? Like, tanks need to be able to work towards something while they're pulling mobs. Um, mm. in in the case of um, new tanks, I think this is a great change. Mm -hmm. But also, learning to control your hate is important. And sure. having taking take that taking that away is just making it easier, and I don't know if it's good or bad. So not really, not really like I, I don't like this. I just don't know if it was good or bad. Yeah, yeah. I th I think I like it from from the point of like if you cast regen, you get the hate for like 
the enmity from casting mm-hmm. regen, but then after right, that, yeah. it's just it's like the initial action, not the thing. So like I I like that. Like that makes sense to me in in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things I think where like people like us probably really won't think about it too much, yeah, right? It it's intended matter, more yeah. for the lower level people like, that are going in. I and, notice it. Yeah, I notice it all of okay. the time. I, mm-hmm. I notice uh, people losing hate to it. So good, great. But also, I feel like those players should learn how to handle it. Mm. I think That's what's, fair. I, I actually do agree with you. I think it's not a bad idea. Because one of the things that I do feel is maybe a little lacking for tanks in 14 at times is the fact that because I think they want to make all the roles accessible and because there is such a thing as, I think, smaller populations for things like tanks and healers mm-hmm. and many MMOs, and because people feel really nervous starting out, especially if they don't have experience. I had terrible anxiety when I started tanking. That I think anxiety. I know. Yeah, it's a, it's a real it's thing. official term. Yeah. yeah. I've never that, heard that. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's the they've official tried, term. Keep going. No, you're good. I think they've tried more and more over time to make it so that as a tank, you holding aggro isn't necessarily a question unless you're getting to something like higher end content, right? That's not Tank to say that there. Yeah. yeah, that's not to say that there aren't still cases where people lose aggro or they forget their tank stance mm-hmm. or it comes off between things or whatever. But I understand because then I do kind of wish that it was a more active facet of tanking across the board, where holding and controlling aggro of mobs was something kind of like, I don't know, earlier game WoW design, right? If you pulled outside of the tank, you were just guaranteed dead. You know, it was just something where that was a huge thing. Of course, that led to some friction in environments where, you know, tanks were, new players didn't totally understand that. And tanks were, you know, really adamant about it. And they'd refuse to tank for you if you dared to touch another mob and all this kind of stuff, right? But You pull it, you tank it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think that at this point with the design that they've done in the game, it makes sense to remove this one weird thing that is really one of the only major weird aggro detractors in all of the classes and doesn't even apply to shields in this, you know what I mean, in the same way. Mm-hmm. If it were something where they had more regular active, every single role had something where you had to watch out for how you were balancing your aggro as a tank, I, I think I would like that personally, but it makes sense for me, at least in my mind, for them to remove this because they have otherwise really tried to remove a lot of that element in a lot of the game mm-hmm. for tanks. I think we just need to see them start adding the complexity back from these things that they don't think should be complex. Because, yeah, they're like, you shouldn't have to worry about that. You shouldn't have to worry about, you know, this. You shouldn't have to worry about accuracy. Like, we've seen them continually make it easier. You don't have to worry about some positionals a lot of the time. You know, there's less worrying about moving. They need to start adding that complexity back in the encounters, and then we might feel a little bit better about it. Maybe, you know, in Criterion Dungeons or something, this would have gotten you killed so many times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure, but I would like to see the complexity <laughs> come back. That's all I'm saying. Yes. But I definitely get it. Yes. Uh, I guess it's nice. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry to keep this going. I guess it's nice for healers, obviously. Yeah. Um, the the other thing with with tanks, like the thing that I experienced with tanks, not calling anybody out, but especially new tanks, is they don't really know how to cycle their cooldowns yet. Yeah. So like yeah. that ends up being the thing that's actually hard for me, at least, more than worrying about region ticking and 
mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. mob coming after me. I don't know. It's one less thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. So, are we are we done with with this one now? Are we good? Everybody, okay. A new dungeon no, has been. I would at- like <laughs> to discuss it for four more hours. Let's go. We don't have that kind of time. Hey, I so. won't pull hate with Phoenix anymore. Not that <laughs> okay. I ever did. Did you? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> please, please go ahead. Please go ahead. Uh, new dungeon, the Fell Court of Troya, has been added. Uh, so what this says, and of course, like obviously, they don't spoil all the the MSQ quests, right? But this says it's after the first one, the first MSQ quest. So it looks like yeah. maybe we'll be jumping into that new dungeon pretty quick. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. I like when they do that. Not yeah. going to lie. Yep. Um, a new trial has been added. We don't know what it is. Question marks. Uh, you know what we, mm-hmm. we're, we talked about this last time, actually. Um, we were saying Skrmillion is probably in mm-hmm. the dungeon. Probably and we dungeon. were kind of bummed about that. But Charles actually said this last time. We fight him twice in the game. Yep. What if he's both? Like all of the four fiends you fight twice, I believe. Mm. So it's like they could pull a sneaky, but I don't know. I don't know. I would, you know what? I would almost like to see. Um, there, there were some interviews this past week with with Yoshida, mm-hmm. um, where it sounds like, like obviously six point X is gearing towards something, but that maybe yeah. it's like a new thing that starts right. It's not yeah. a continuation. So what if what if we have Scar in the dungeon, mm-hmm. and then we fight the other three fiends? But then we fight Golbez, and he like pulls each of the fiends yeah. in for mechanics. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense there, you know. Yeah. Uh, just sacrifice, sacrifice him for the first one, and yeah. add Golbez in as the fourth, basically. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, yeah, it makes we, a lot of sense. Yeah. We also discussed last time that with the four lords, uh, Gembu was that dungeon boss, and mm-hmm. then it was right. The Three. Yeah, I mean that that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking because like they had Genbu, but then at the same time we never fought uh uh was it Kieran? Not Kieran. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, yeah. No, well, yeah. no. Was it He's a type of Kieran? Yeah. I, I, well, I always get mixed up because in 11 you had the four gods and then you would use their items to pop Kieran, but in in uh, in 14 Kieran wasn't Kieran the Kieran was the the, the flying pony. It was you the get. same yeah. mo- uh, model. Right. It was just had a different name. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, after, after thinking about that, like, it felt so anticlimactic, right? Like, oh, we're trying to not have this yeah. thing show up. And then it's like, here he is in a cutscene. You're like, oh, all right. So I, I feel like I hope they would, like, kind of learn from that a little bit. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can easily do Scar in, like, a, in a dungeon thing. But then, like, let's fight Goldbez, too. But also, if these yeah. are trials, Trials are usually a side thing, and like these mm-hmm. guys are very much like main story. So I seems that way. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to mm-hmm. I wouldn't wait and say see. that. I wouldn't say the trials are usually a side thing. They're kind of half and half. It's but it's usually the first couple that are yeah. in the story, and then yeah. the other ones are they go. side. So sure. maybe they change their minds soon. Maybe yeah. change it up, your Yeah. Uh, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling. Uh, new Unreal fight will that be Koryu. Okay. Yep. Uh, new Unreal fight will be uh, Sephiroth. Um, we'll have yeah, a new Pandemonium. Uh, remember, uh, Savage will be launching a week later. Um, so mm-hmm. you don't need to rush through anything. It's, it's 
going to be fine. It'll be there waiting mm -hmm. for you. Um, the changes to uh, require tokens from six to four. That's nice. For a few things. Yeah, that's that's nice. Like it's just something that. to know about. Yep. Um, as you start planning how you're going to gear out, who am I kidding? If you're planning how you're going to gear out, you probably already planned it. But <laughs> you already know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Duty Roulette Expert is going to be changed, so now it's just going to be Elzadal's Legacy and uh, Felcourt of Troya. I um, like that a lot. Yeah. For now. Nice. Yeah. For <laughs> yes. Yeah. Until until you get like one of them like forever. Um, the first 10 times you do the, the expert roulette. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, want so many pieces of gear from the newest one, the current newest one, and I never get that one. Since we're probably going to talk about Heaven's Word later with, with the whole retrospective, it's just never reap, right? Forever. Ever. And ever. Ever reap. Uh, Duty Roulette level 90 dungeons has been added. Um, so that's going to be Dead Ends, Smileton, and uh, Stigma Dreamscape. Stigma Dreamscape? I thought it was Sigma. It is Sigma. Yeah. No. We caught we caught a uh Is this one of typo. those one of those typos? Uh -oh. Yeah, we caught one. Oh. Better heck the bed. Alright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um yeah. Aglaya is now part of Duty Roulette, Alliance Raids. Mm-hmm. Um it is Stigma Dreamscape. Is it really? Oh, yeah. interesting. This, this feels like like uh, Camp Blue Frog all over again. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, Stigma makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It does. Um, they made adjustments to a whole bunch of older dungeons. They've they've adjusted the Yeti boss and Snow Cloak. I'm really sad. I hope we can still chuck snowballs. I feel like yeah. probably not. Yeah, and end of an era of of snowball chucking here, in snow club. Yeah, I might just go in there and check it out because I'm like Finra boss battle, probably so that you can, I don't know, solo it better. Like I don't know, like it's I not mean, even all, a big deal. All of these well, adjustments are going to be so yeah. you can use the the companion Trust. stuff, right? So that's sure. and, yeah. And we know from things like the live letter that some of these supposedly have been reworked pretty significantly mm -hmm. or that at least there may even be bonus cutscenes and things that are yeah. in them to reflect the fact that narratively the canonical i suppose run is you know here are you with these the light party you're traveling mm -hmm. with in heaven sword mm -hmm. so i'm not sure some of these might actually be total reworks of fight some of them might just be adjusted because they had to be adjusted for trust right. or things like the airy that final fight with nidhogg that's mm -hmm. there it's probably completely different because theoretically Estinian will be actively fighting beside you during it so they might have had to adjust some of the phases and how they kind of go yeah um let's yeah. see i think there's what the only other thing in that section was uh sephiroth since we're gonna have to deal with him uh, Earth Shakers will be improved, improved visibility. Which, if I remember correctly, that was like one of the easiest things to dodge. But you just have to know that it's going to happen. Yeah. But it's going to be nice to see it better. I do yeah. remember that, like not knowing where the heck it's going to go and just relying on people. Um, this other, cha I really, I wanted to point this one out. Uh, it'll take longer for the screen to darken after a party KO during all trials and raids. They did I that a little bit. Yeah, 
I think that's great. Well, I mean, they, the, the the reasoning for this, it says it'll give players a grace period to better identify yeah. and understand the reasons behind party KO. That's always a huge issue, especially during Prague for, for raids. It's like, oh, we died. Yeah. They From what? Did this one time. Yeah, but on what? We didn't notice it. In raid. Yeah. They, they already added this one time. Particularly. Yeah. We, we actually talked about it during raid. Didn't notice it at all. Well, now it's going to yeah. be a little, little bit longer. <laughs> Did they say that they added it to the raids we were doing? Because I didn't notice it, and they yeah. say that okay. So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm now gonna it's gonna be on everything, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna segue this a little bit. Um, they've also updated the duty recorder, so now yeah. you can record uh, P4S and Aglaya. Okay, you want people to better find out what killed them? Make the duty recorder duties relevant and timely, and not like Hold from on, last patch. Hold on though. I can already record P4S when we go in. They in added duty. a Glia. In duty oh, they added a Glia. My bad. I think that's the only one they added, they, maybe. Yeah, they, they added a Glia, which is great. I'm, I'm sure that'll help nobody. No one. It'll help no At one. All. No person. <laughs> who, who is in charge of deciding which duties are going under the duty recorder? Because, like, yeah. I love you, Square. I love all the people working hard on this game, but you should maybe rethink some things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah before... I mean, before was Mother Crystal Final Day and P4S, and now it's Mother Crystal. Why is that P4S still in there? And Aglaia. Uh, because it's cool. It's, it's nine very months strange. old. Who is still running this actively? Like, I mean, even for content creators, yeah. if you were going to use it for some reason to capture or record different pieces, not that you can't just already do that by yeah. having all of your group just run their own capture, right? Yeah. But even for them, I mean, it's so it's so back done that it's not like anybody's going to be making current guides for mm -hmm. it or anything like that. I mean, maybe for some kind of lore video or something at mm -hmm. some point. But even then, that's not it's just so weird. I don't know why Duty Recorder exists at all at this point or why no, they continue to update it. It's so, very strange. It's so weird. Um, Rook. <laughs> Season two. Yes. Series two of Crystal and Conflict is, is gonna start. And you can get a dragon mount. I'm How do you excited. feel? I'm so excited. <laughs> I no joke, this was the thing that when I was scrolling through these patch notes, I was like, oh yeah, and that and that, and yeah, I'm really excited because we've been talking about how excited I am about all the new content and stuff. And then I got to the dragon and I lost it. I, everything else went out of my mind. Nothing else mattered. Just PvP mount reward red dragon. That's the yep. only thing I'm living for now. All the other stuff will be good too, but that's really I just am so excited. I want every dragon mount. I want all the dragon mounts. I, I love say, them. So here's mm -hmm. my question. Do you have all of the other existing ones so far? The only one that I'm missing is the really cute one of L2 from Custom Deliveries and I need mm. to finish that. I started it, but mm. I haven't finished it. I don't think I have Very any. I don't think I have any of the the dragon trial mounts. Oh well, there's also the dragon trial mounts. I haven't finished yeah. the full collection yet, but I need to farm more. I want. Now. I want. I want Robo Dragon. Yeah, mm. the thing is, is that I mostly prefer organic dragons. I don't care that much about Robo Dragon. So. Okay. Fair. <laughs> you know, it's we'll, two person though. We'll we'll remember that during the uprising. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we do actually have a preview of the Series 2 uh, Malmstones uh, page here. So yeah. um, instead of an armor set, we're going to get that mount at rank 25. 
Um, and then it looks like uh, 15 and 16 might be like Cruise Chaser minions, like a blue and a red one. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. uh, I hope they fight. Oh, my gosh. Like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Mm -hmm. Just punches that. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, rank 10 to 20 will be, uh, it looks like probably some uh, adventure plate stuff. So, yeah, uh, maybe maybe rank five. Rank five. Uh, rank five might be an emote. Yeah. Yeah, but, it could uh, be hard to see with the check mark. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, time remaining until KO'd party members in Crystal Conflict will now appear in the party list. So it'll just like on the party list, it'll say return timer, and it'll give you the countdown. That's actually really nice. That's I like cool. that. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of annoying not be able to be like, I'll be there in two seconds. Just hold on. Mm -hmm. But your return timer says seven seconds. We will not expect you in the time that you promised us. Uh, let's see. They're doing some stuff with matchmaking. Um, if you know, if you drop mid match, you'll receive a pen. Like good, good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Common sense, good changes. Yeah. Um, they are only specifically for though. The harsher penalties are only for competitive right, right. or ranked. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, it, and one of these things that is frustrating and tough is that, sure, there will definitely be cases where somebody gets DC'd in a match and, you know, so on and so forth. But I, I have to just be honest. I think either way, if you play and you get that first penalty and then you keep trying to do ranked and stuff, uh, knowing that your Internet isn't stable, that mm -hmm. affects everybody else who's put in those ranked matches with yep. you. And True. even when we have done things like, the competitors of our, our shout casting wolves league, right? It's really disruptive when somebody keeps DCing. It's not mm -hmm. their fault, you know, it's not anything that really is specifically in their control. But when it comes to something like ranked, and especially as they are doing some of these adjustments now where you can slide out and like backslide out of different rankings as you try in the higher levels, uh, it's going to be important that there are penalties so that people don't just bail willfully on a match that's not going well. Uh, Hidden Gorge campaign has been made available, um, so there's going to be a whole bunch of PvP balance adjustments for yeah. that. Uh, mount a lot of stuff. making people tankier. Yeah, a lot of tankier stuff. Um, HP of towers and cores has been adjusted. Um, yeah. So um, we've got new items, new PvP gear, or new new uh, all the different gear, the craftable gear, the the raid gear. This raid okay. gear, all right. We need yeah, to talk I definitely about want to talk this. about it. Yeah, we need to talk about this raid gear. Are we are we thinking that the big old swirly light circle on the back is like? Would that be like a complete set effect or just a body piece effect? Oh God, I hope it's not a set effect. Yeah, I would. I would guess it's body, but I don't know. Because mm. it does I... track with your shoulders. It looks like maybe. It looks like body to me, as opposed to being attached to the weapon. So yeah, I would assume it would be attached to something like the chest piece. However, again, we have never had a special effect set like this in the game. So mm -hmm. I've heard rumors mm -hmm. about, oh, well, well, then, well, I, I mean, with this type of content, as opposed to okay. the like Eureka relic armor that, well, you know, we had that was upgradable or the, you know, other stuff. There, there was an uh, like a very, very early set with not super impressive effects. It was uh, yeah, it, it was very from, little bit. It was old, it the old Grand either. Company stuff, I think, stuff. right? Yes, yeah. Well, let me clarify that. I mean, we have not had a special effect weapon set like, tied to raids before like this. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 
they, we're not sure if they're going to do a non-effect version for normal and then effect version per piece in Savage, or if it's a get all of it and then get some special drop from Savage that you fuse into it for special effects. Or I've heard people theorize about it being some kind of upgradable thing <laughs> where the, I don't know, the more you run kind of like relic sets, you can upgrade it to different tiers. I don't know if they're going to go that yeah, complex so. with it. I feel like if anything, they're just trying to incentivize more people to get into endgame content. So... To me, if anything, I'm guessing it will be Savage-specific special effect gear that you get. And each piece will have, you know, its own special effect thing, mm -hmm. if it has that, so that, you know, mm -hmm. the, the helmet and the chest piece, you won't have to have all of them to have that effect show up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the set thing is probably unlikely, too. But, you know, I, yeah, who knows? They, they could surprise us and do something new. Yeah, probably what not, I wanted to maybe. talk about is the kind of general backlash to VFX gear at all. Mm. Because there's a lot of talk about, oh no, it's wow now. It looks so horrible. You know, like, you mm. can't wear that with anything else. Do we Do we feel that way? I, I feel like okay. after 10 years yeah. of the game, and I think the only kind of glowy stuff we've ever had is, like, the, the Eureka stuff. Like, oh give God. me some glowy shit. Oh like, God. please, give me. Let yeah. me break it up a little bit. Like, like I get like that. You know, typically, if you were to look historically at garments of ages past, they would not be glowy. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's a fantasy game. Let stuff glow. Who cares if you don't like it? Yeah. Glamour something else over it. You're gonna yeah. do it anyway. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I honestly always have problems with this kind of mentality. I think mm -hmm. really. Personal preference is personal preference. If you prefer a more realistic, if you want to call that look, then just put your characters in realistic garments, exactly. you know? Mm -hmm. But in a magical world in which you can enchant items and there's a mm -hmm. million ways that magic expresses itself and we have these massive primals and dragons and the ancients and all these different magical and highly advanced magical societies, you cannot tell me that people would not, in their own cultures, come up with some way to show off their magical yeah. flair or their power or their yeah. whatever it is. You can right? you can will a green gargoyle into existence with a bunch of rocks and just thinking hard enough. I think yep. it's it, I think it's okay if clothes glow a little bit. I think it I think it'll be okay. <laughs> Honestly, I like it because yeah. I. I get not wanting things, I guess, to look over the top or tacky or super cluttered or however mm -hmm. you want to qualify sure. it. But for me, that is something that recently, you know, playing Guild Wars 2 or playing other games where they have these legendary weapons yeah. where you pull it out and it's literally like a streak of the sky is yeah. following you or your footfalls have these special effects or your arm turns into a glowing, you know, that was, shattered piece of the cosmos or... Yeah, that was the first MMO I saw mentioned because they're like, and when you're standing in town, it's a laser light show and everything looks stupid. And I'm like... Have you been to Limsa anyway? <laughs> on most yeah. servers, quicksand here on Balmer. Yeah, like that's fine. It's okay. It's fine. When I look at the creativity of our communities and the artists and all the headcanons that people have anyway for their characters that shows something unique or magical about them, sure, are things going to be a little sparklier if they continue to introduce stuff? Yeah, but I honestly like having a range of that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for me... Uh, I don't really like the look of the armor. I don't mind the special effects. 
Not my cup of tea? That's fine. Not for me. Won't wear it. Someone yep. else is going to love it. Uh, next time, as long as people don't bitch about these VFX, maybe they'll be like, really fancy, beautiful dresses with shiny shit on them. And that's somebody else's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So just wait your turn and you'll get something shiny too. Don't yeah. ruin it for everybody else. Agreed. As we sit in silence. <laughs> yes. All of that. Uh, players can now preview the content of certain coffers that yield multiple items when opened. Um, so that's cool. Nice. Um, following items can be equipped regardless of gender. It's Yeah, it's all the Far Eastern stuff. Um, so yeah. there you go. Capacity of Glamour Dresser has been increased from 400 <laughs> to 800! <laughs> yes, we talked about this last week and the fact that, again, this is another not fully... Not a fully good solution, but have I been taking all my stuff that I've been saving in my inventory that I've wanted? All the Omega stuff that Zed and Aldiano helped me farm because I just love the effects and I wanted the Diable. All the blue weapon, the blue spirit weapons we've been getting. Or not blue spirit, the, um... Feathery, feathery yeah. fish phase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have been saving all of those and mm. I need someplace <laughs> desperately. Rook, it, Rook is going for world first 800 glam dresser yeah. capacity. <laughs> I'll give you a run for your money. <laughs> I am ready. Let's throw it down. We'll live stream where's, it. Let's get where's the live stream commentary for this? This is <laughs> this is the thing I want to see the community organize. We so still got a know. few days. It's not too late. We can still do. Do you have your prisms ready? I have my prisms ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I've yes, I do, and I have extra to sell when people are trying yep. to put theirs in their glamour dressers. Mm -hmm. I have some up already. It's, <laughs> I have a, I have a hypothetical okay. and we, we as Gamerscape, we can actually figure this out. Do you think there have been 400 items that are wearable added in this patch? Just this when you, patch? when you count up all of the savage gear, all of the crafted, all of the tome gear, like if you wanted to collect all of that and then what other, what else comes out of? Uh, you know, island sanctuary. All right. Well, this is this is this is math now, right? Yeah, it's like That's, all right. So hold. Let me. It's let me just funny to me. Let me calculate this. So we get we get what five <laughs> five pieces. I'll even put it over Shrek here. Naming, um, whatever See, ninjas call. Well, so, so there's there's five for yeah, but then there's also Sh accessories. No, no, no. Okay, five per for per gear set. But I'm talking about gear set. So yeah, striking, naming, okay. aiming, scouting. Fending. The heal, healer one, the tank one, and the casting. Healing casting. Mm -hmm. How many so is that's that? Eight. 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 Okay. Times five. S no. Well, there's there's accessories too. Yeah, because you can glamour and them. And they are yes. all, visible. All of them will have accessories. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the if there's a dungeon one. So it's like what nine nine times eight yeah. is that? Well, the dungeon ones will have accessories. Okay. Yeah. So nine times eight. That well, hold on. That's not that. I can't number nine times eight. Okay. So 72. that's seventy two. That's seventy two. For the raid, for crafted, for raid, uh, crafted, and tome. And tome. So seventy two times three. We're that's already two, nearly three hundred. Two sixteen. Yeah. Well, not quite too close. And then, to, and then you yeah. figure how many how many jobs are there because there will be a a weapon from the trial, right? <laughs> right. So, and all the we see all the weapons. We've yeah. seen at least one new gear set from what we oh, assume is we Island have, Sanctuary. We have yeah. we have two new gear sets from Island Sanctuary. So that's, that's right. we'll say like plus what another ten ish. 
Uh, and then, all the ungender locked gear that maybe yeah, you haven't been true. able to use. Yeah, that's true. That you didn't get yeah. the other side. Um, Aldino, thank close. you for completely so putting plus this in a perspective. Plus 20 of those. <laughs> that so we're at is... 246. We didn't conclude weapons, did we? We haven't no. we haven't done weapons yet. How many how many jobs are there now? Minus 19. blue mage because blue mage is nineteen ish. Plus, okay. plus you have to take crafters into account. Oh, I didn't oh, even think about no. crafters. Crafters. Are we getting new crafting gear? I don't think yeah. we're getting. Are there new? new is there is there a new crafting? Not crafting. Yeah, is there maybe not. A new crafting set. Or was no, that I last patch? It was craft yeah. head and not crafting. So oh, yeah. crafters. Criterion dungeons gear. gear. Uh -huh. No, that's that's. 2.25. That's not 6.2. We're just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is... go, ahead, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I was. It's just. I just looked at that number and I thought about it and I'm like, you could probably fill that up before next patch. Probably, I would think. Oh, what's funny yeah. to me is that you said that you said that. Do you think uh -huh. there were 400 items that came with just this patch alone? And I went, no, absolutely not, Aldi. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then we started adding them up and thinking about all the cosmetics and the fact that things like accessories do take up an entire slot of your glamour wardrobe. And then all of the additional cosmetic looks and the non, you know, mm -hmm. content, I guess, non-raid content, all that kind of gear, you know. Uh, and oh, yeah. no, you're right. A There's shields. Patch There's shields, too. Oh, so with Paladin, you have to Yeah. <laughs> In the patch notes, I don't know uh -huh. how this will apply to things like glamour dressers. Hopefully they still remain. Oh, no, I think it'll be fine. I think there'll be two separate items. You're right. But they're going to be dropping together as a pair mm -hmm. now, right. which I thought was an interesting change from the patch yeah. notes as well. But, yeah, all that stuff. Haven't they been doing that? Um, no, it hasn't been gear. I don't they, paladin, I, so I, I couldn't say think in super high level yeah. stuff. Yes, yeah. but I think the idea now is that it's not even, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the idea now is that it's not even going to be like the shield and sword drop together and you roll on each. It's literally going oh. to be, it okay. drops as a set coffer or something. Gotcha. And then, mm -hmm. um, so when you said that I thought it was a joke and then I thought yeah. about it more and the fact that one single patch in which we are getting 400 more slots could theoretically fill all those slots the more our conversation last week hit me. And we had a tweet, somebody tweeted at us, uh, thank you so much for that tweet as well, talking about this, uh, because it made me laugh where they were like, every time you talk about this, I feel vindicated again. That was Otternex on Twitter. But honestly, it's not enough. Yeah. This one patch alone could take every slot of that new expanded, glamour dresser capacity mm -hmm. so that's a really interesting way to look at it you're absolutely right that's why you should be said don't just throw everything in you guys yeah, and don't do yeah. it well, how and, many pieces of and you know even yeah. in, in that regard right you think about the last time we had a glamour dresser update how many pieces have we had since that added oh yeah that's <laughs> way over Whoosh. yeah <laughs> And this is why they make the this gear set so different, so that you don't like all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all part of their plan. <laughs> but if, if if you're thinking to yourself, you know, I still would love to get more gear. If you have an abundance of sacks of nuts, you can now exchange yeah. that for Moonward gear. Oh, I have an abundant sack of nuts. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's funny because Aldino's camera's backwards, so it looked like it said yeah. ton instead of nut. It is ton. Ton. It's a nut ton. 
It is. It is a nut button and a nut ton, if you would. Oh, my God. I wouldn't, uh, but if you would. Okay. <laughs> uh, this one was surprising to me. New items available in exchange for Skybuilder scripts. Yeah. Oh, good. I wonder hmm. if that's backporting some stuff. Because I saw in Island Sanctuary one of the uh, translations of the stuff that you could get. Some of it was the dye from things like that. Mm. I was like, huh, well, maybe they're just cross-pollinating some stuff. I mean, that would make know. sense. Not everybody like is, that. you know, especially yeah. when you think about yeah. how Island Sanctuary, you can you can craft and gather, but you don't have to mm-hmm. be a crafter or gather. That's kind of nice. I like that. That's a yeah. nice compromise. Plus, if you look at the price for those dyes on the market board, it's like, please give us a <laughs> yeah. way to get these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I think, I'm trying to remember which one I looked at recently for dyes. It was either, like, the pure white or the, the jet black or whatever. It was, like, almost mm-hmm. a million gil. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Maybe we should you should look at this a little better. Like this is crazy. Like oh my gosh, I, my retainers brought me jet black dye. I made one point three million gil on Balmon. It's, it's wild. That, yeah, it's insane. Wild. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, maximum store for crafter scripts and gatherer scripts has been increased from two thousand to four thousand. Nice. So that's that's nice. Um, yeah, especially if you're gonna grab a whole bunch of stuff at once, you know, like my, you don't my last have to couple your... of weeks getting into special deliveries for a million. So it's like you're capped on white scripts. Are you sure yep. you? I'm like, I don't know what I would use those for. Just turn yeah. the damn thing in. So that's nice that we'll have we'll be able to hold more. Um, botanists and miners can now discover prime collectibles when gathering. Um, a higher gathering weight will increase your chances of a prime collectible becoming sublime. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna yell. I'm not gonna yell at them because I'm gonna be respectful. But I'm gonna say real quick. Mm-hmm. You took out HQ, which was technically the same item. Maybe I don't know how your database works, but you're gonna add multiple levels of this. That's that's okay. I mean, it doesn't actually really go into your inventory. I get it, but it's like if you needed levels, you had them already. You put your HQ yeah. in, you take your yeah. HQ out, you put your HQ in. I mean, it's cool. You need to be able to get something better when you gather. You do. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's just yeah. interesting. I would like to just share with you all a little thing that happened to me today that I did. Mm-hmm. Which is that I, for the first time ever in my life in Final Fantasy XIV, crafted a collectible to turn into Mommy Ameliance. Uh-huh. And it was a nightmare at first. <laughs> And yeah. I was I was deeply upset at how hard it was to make it. And I wanted it to be good quality and also not to break, which was also very hard. And I yelled at my computer screen a little bit, like a small amount. And then I started to figure it out a little bit because it had been a very long time since I touched weaving. Mm-hmm. And it was actually by the end of it, I was pumping those suckers out at high quality and I was really proud of myself and I felt like I really achieved something. And then when you, I turned you, it into her and she was like, this is amazing. Mm. I felt really proud. You so, sewed the <laughs> shit out of those lunch boxes. <laughs> I worked so hard on that. And I just want everyone to know, I tried to go get a gathering collectible mm-hmm. from a place I was supposed to get it in the locks, but I could not find a single spear fishing node in the area I was supposed to. So that's a me problem and I gotta figure that out. But I did craft <laughs> some collectibles today. So yeah. I feel like this portion of the patch notes is directly right. dire- it's directed mm. right to me again as a new collectible expert. Mm-hmm. 
So really, all they had to do to get you to start doing the more uh, complex crafting is let you hang out with Hot Mom. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Hot Mom yeah. is even cooler than I thought. Can I be real mm -hmm. with everybody? She's, like, she's super I, chill. Like, I, I yeah. love that the, the storyline for that quest so far. Yeah. Fortuna really, I mean, he's okay, but <laughs> she is so good, and he should be extremely grateful to yeah. be with such a powerful, oh, he, beautiful, Yeah, Fortuna does not deserve Amelia's. Intelligent no. no way. So yeah. good. She's so good. If, but, if Amelia's yeah. ever decides that she needs to, to change things up in her life, we'll be there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I support their love and, you know, her supporting that weird, awkward man. Mm -hmm. uh, that's fine. I like him, too, better than I did during the actual playthrough now. But It, I was gives, it gives you a little bit of a look into the relationship, too, which it is does. nice. It does. It does. Sure. I was incentivized by the Charlian lore. I came from the Charlian lore, but I've come yeah, away absolutely. with an appreciation now of craftables and also just Amelianza as a person. Mm -hmm. so. I came for the lore. I stayed for the mom. <laughs> yeah. Lore Momker. Oh, boy. Uh, new mounts have been added. So they have a picture. We knew that we were going to get a Mendragger mount. Uh, but then mm -hmm. we also have the other... Yeah, like the I Tomato King. Technically, they're Mendragoras, but they're like the other weird vegetable ones. I have never heard you pronounce the word Mandragora before Fusion. It's a tomato-tomato thing, right? It could be yeah. Mandragora. It can be Mandagora. I mean, we have said before here on this channel that as long as we know on this podcast, as long as we yes. know what you're saying, nobody should sass. But I was a little startled by that. This, like, this, this coming this from Thavni ear. It's the <laughs> okay. It's the old school oh, uh, uh, like London alchemist way to say Mandragora. Yeah, mm. it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like speciality and specialty. So, so it's I, weird. I have actually heard it pronounced. Mandragora. Yeah, extraordinary. Dot, yeah. dot hack games had Mandragoras, yep. and they would you would yep. find them on the field, and they would just shout Mandragora. Like, <laughs> so that's that's where that came from. And now I bet you know. it was translated by someone, uh, you know, uh, at least maybe British, maybe it might be more of Europe, like continental. I'm not sure, but yeah, I've heard it before. I want so to anyway, <laughs> what is what are we talking about anymore? So those are coming. What's the uh, orange one? Is that onion? I think that one's onion. And I the think purple that's one onion. is eggplant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's also gonna be some new chocobo barding. This is this is all I it. They don't say so, but it's probably island sanctuary stuff. Yeah, um, most likely. They also have uh, a new minion. It's, it's they show the in um, the like beachy area. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. They they have a new minion. This this one's in Costa del Sol, but it's the the little like uh, uh, Neko Mimi San. Neko yeah. Mimi San. The little mammoth. Super real. Yeah. yeah. His name is Mr. Cat ears. I'm not lying. And the uh, puppet master truthers are out, going. Mm, mm. It's a mammoth. <laughs> Does that mean? I don't think that means. We've had mammoths for a while. We've had mammoths. The thing it though, could. they could though at Definitely. some point. I mean, we know that mammoths are made and used a ton in Charlie, and so they could spin it in yeah. some kind of way to be, even if they don't call it specifically Puppet Master, to be another Charlie inspired job. We're going on a void trip with a mammoth in Varshan. You know what I mean? Like, technically, yeah. This emote is so cool. 
You can do singing in the rain. It's so neat. It's next in our patch in our patch notes. You, you, all of you listening now, now owe it to yourself to go to YouTube, type in Tom Holland singing in the rain. Oh my god! Every time I hear singing in the rain, it is just see him dancing. It is is an obligation. It is legally required that you go watch that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Adventure plates are out of beta. Um, so they've added some new stuff. There's some little like musical things. You can put a little violin mm-hmm. in the corner. Like that's cool. Um, a whole bunch of other things you can tweak and change and adjust. Um, so definitely like dig in and play around with that because I'm sure there's mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot to, to and do. And they yeah. uh, we learned in the live letter. Uh, just reminding everybody if you tie your character portrait to a gear set, it mm. will save that portrait. So mm-hmm. if you, because they told us before that we were going to lose all of our portraits. If you have one you really, really like, just tie it to a gear set. It won't go away. Yep. Yep. And there's a whole bunch of quality of life, like editing your search comment from there instead of having to go to edit search comment and then see it show up. Yeah. It was, it was a very much stuff. like, this, this, this stuff is in beta. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they, uh, I hope they fixed the layering issues and the mirror yeah. issues that they had. Because those were like. Mm-hmm big standouts to me um i'm i'm only slightly surprised that the active hours are still there it's i mean what else are you gonna put there but that's also a fair point right it just it looks weird i don't all right to this day no one has no one has talked to me about my obviously binary search or active hours but that's fine i just find i don't mind the idea of having you know times i play but i just find that the actual you know, way that they realize that is the most unhelpful yeah. information wise <laughs> where you're, you're just it's going odd. What, what tax yeah. mean what hour no. and when yeah. you know what I have noticed is it's more difficult to look at people's job levels than it's ever been because it used to be like a, a right click on their name. If you just had them selected, now you have to do it like from the party menu. Well, oh, yeah. Put that where the time thing is. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Well, yeah. at some point, maybe they'll give us some options on what yeah. you choose, yeah. and that could be something that they add in there. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I like to be able to check them so that, that if I see somebody who's, like, leveling a new healer, I don't give yeah. them advice if they have all the other healers leveled, because they know. It just, it also breaks, like, the visual formatting. Like, you're like, ah, there's nice little icons, you can make it look good, and then there's just Tic Tacs. And they go all the way across. <laughs> I had never thought about those as Tic Tacs. Yeah, but now that is all. That is yeah. all I'm going to see them as. Yeah. What if you could? If you have enough to spell Tic Tac, probably not. Oh yeah, I don't. You might be able to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could I... probably figure it out. Yeah, I think you probably could. Yeah. <laughs> I personally am really excited about the next thing, which we knew was coming, but in the preliminary mm-hmm. patch notes again. I'm just still really excited about the fact that now, when my gear is close to breaking, even though it yes. can't break completely. I can request gear repairs from people. It's been and 72 can, years. I know. Yeah. They can choose to, you know, I can even give them a little money for it if they mm-hmm. are doing that. Or I if like I'm that. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and I want somebody, I want to role play somebody fixing my gear for me. This, now I've got a way to do this. This is going to be the first thing we role play. <laughs> I would yeah. love that. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> one thing from this is the fact that with the repair request, you can tick those little boxes next to the gear and request that all of that be repaired. 
my request for mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XIV would be, please take this interface and put it on the Grand Company gear turn-ins so that yeah. I can just oh, take yeah. all the things that I want to mm. turn in and then get all of the stuff for it because mm -hmm. I have been going so hard on Minion Collection this past week and <laughs> it's not the end of the world that I have to click every single one mm -hmm. and turn them in separately, but... I had the thought from a UI design standpoint that boy, it would make so much sense to allow multiple <laughs> item selection. One of my one of yep. my favorite things in this game is to go to the Grand Company NPC to turn in just a bunch of gear, and then teleport away to another area and still have that little turn in quest finished music playing because I just <laughs> yeah. turned in so much stuff and then left. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully they'll. Think about that. Because, yeah. Larian in chat says you can spell Tic Tac. Ah, nice. Well, I know what I'm doing when I log in on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm telling you, three letters on the top, three letters on the bottom in binary. Someone will have to translate it, but you can make a good message. Uh, what? Is that weird? That's not weird. No, it's good. It's good. I like okay. it. No, I love it. Su I love super it. nerdy, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is why we one, love you, Aldo. This one was interesting. In so order to reasons. prevent server congestion immediately after the release of patch 6.2, they're adding multiple field instances for lower Linosia? Mm-hmm. That must be where you get to the island sanctuary. Yeah, must oh. be. Yeah, like a fairy or something. Mm -hmm. Because the whole time the first I'm quest. thinking, I'm thinking, what does the dosa have to do with the uh, MSQ? Right. Nothing, because that's Island Sanctuary. I guess we know where the island is now. <laughs> South. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. A <laughs> lot of those pictures that we were saying, oh hey, it's kind of beachy. I bet that comes from Island Sanctuary. They were Costa, like Costa del Sol <laughs> and other regions. So it makes sense that maybe it is closer geographically to Limsa mm -hmm. or there. Which means that the islands in Hingashi are still ripe for instance housing. Oh my gosh. It's true. It could very well be that it's maybe it is geographically somewhere else or closer to Thavnir because we do still leave the port from Limsa to go to places mm -hmm. like It could be like right? in between yeah. or something. I, yeah. 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 Um, more dungeons added for explorer mode. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually. One, I, actually love explore mode yeah. let me just put that out there not sure. only for role-playing purposes but also for it is one of the best things ever for lore videos as a content creator yeah <laughs> so. yeah uh this one i like uh to improve support for color blindness the color area markers uh on maps has been adjusted so if you you know you have like a quest and has like the kind of little orange hue circle on your map it's a little darker now uh to be able yeah. to see that better so that's that's really cool i always love seeing that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um, let's see. The uh, dynamic resolution is being implemented for Windows, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. So that'll be cool. Yep. Um, let's see. <laughs> they've, <laughs> they've updated the staff credits. So now, now the credits will have the, the date of release, and they have better controls huh. to speed through the staff credits. Okay. Yeah, you know... It's funny, every game that I've had a credit on, I have, if, if I get a copy, I go to the credits and I wait through it and I see my name. It's, it's important sometimes. No, 
Yeah. I would totally like, do that too. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. you just scroll fast to your part and go, ah, take a screenshot, keep going, you know? Hey, that's me. I've definitely done that before. Oh, so yeah. I can't knock oh, it. Oh, totally. Totally. I, I, I'll do that too on stuff that I know people worked on. Be like, yeah. Oh, hey, there they are. Okay, yeah, now, we can, are they? now we can skip. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. If you play 14 on Steam, uh, the Steam overlay will now appear when loading the game. Um, so if that's the thing that you use, there yeah. you go. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, some new trophies, new music, sound effects, you know, whatever. It's a patch. All the, you know, obviously yeah. it's going to have all the new stuff. So uh, We get stuff. Stuff! I love stuff. Are we yeah. going to get things, too? Uh, I think so. I we we'll need to wait until Tuesday to find out though. Okay, fingers crossed for things. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. <laughs> uh, also, real quick too, we forgot to mention this first. Uh, the Rising is coming back. We we, we were talking right. about all these anniversary things. Totally. Whoops. Uh, this will start uh, Saturday, August 27th, and end on September 12th. Uh, this year, you get a little Emmett Silk. Minion. Well, it's it's Solace, right? Because it's the, the you know, yeah, the Solace. The internet's uh, also losing its mind about both the rooster, Xenos rooster, and this funky little minion because they really gave him this boy some lips. They gave mm, him mm-hmm. just the strongest lipstick game I think I've yep. ever seen on a minion. And I've seen half the people who are making memes of it, half the people who love it. I mean, I am both happy and sad. I think <laughs> this is such an appropriate one to get here for this rising. And I'm curious if it'll have anything to do with the little bit of plot about the rising or anything. Have, have we had artwork of the 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 Solus minion riding Xenos the rooster yet? I'm sure. I feel I'm like sure. that. Yeah, that needs to be a thing. <laughs> but I'm sad and happy because I'm really excited to have the minion, but I'm also sad because. This could mean, we've heard them say before in yes. interviews and things, when we do a minion, it means that a character is well and truly gone. Of course, mm-hmm. that isn't always the case. But it's, there are but several it's named, it's named things, Solace. So. It's not named Emmett Song. I know. I know. Some people have comforted me in those regards, so thank you, Fusion, as well, for being one of them. But I am excited to have it, and it does feel appropriate with this Look, timing. You just make your island sanctuary into a place where they've all been reincarnated. And you make uh, some fun fan fiction stories about them. Rook's face so happy right now. Yeah. You know, know, I I was just joking earlier about the Xenos rooster reincarnation thing, but you could totally just like grab all the ancient minions. Just put them in there. Yeah. And it's like they get reincarnated. They're just like, okay, now now we're on an island. Yeah. This could We've, go really good or really bad. And yeah. it could be that I just managed to reincarnate them and they all live on my island and it's like Elpis 2.0 and it's amazing, it's yeah. beautiful, and it's wonderful. They, or it could be that there's like a twist ending where at the end somebody else comes to the island and it's me surrounded by sad puppets just <laughs> alone yeah. in the dirt. It starts off, they're like, is this heaven? Is this purgatory? Whoa. Where are we? But then at the end, you get the, 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 the Thafnarian people that made Varshan and you, you, take, you take the little mammoths and you just... Uh, there you go. It's the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like the guy who was obsessed with the Void Scent minion, right? It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. You just, you just go to Sid and says, like, you want me to make you a what? <laughs> no questions, old man. I'm going to be good. I'm going to keep this PG. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, so that'll take us back into our discussion uh, about Final Fantasy XIV. So last time we talked 
a long time about uh, 1.0 and 2.0. I like, I like how you said, take us back into our discussion about Final Fantasy fourteen as if that's not we, what we talk about all the we time. We never left. <laughs> I, mean, yes. I mean, there you are some say. times where we talk about Ninja Turtles or Power yeah. Rangers. I mean, you're, not, you're not wrong. Or <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. We should say, though, that concludes the preliminary patch yeah, notes conversation mm. about Final mm. Fantasy fourteen and takes us back to the next portion of our 10 years of Final Fantasy XIV, which I know Fusion mentioned earlier, but we did have the first part of this episode where we have been uh, longer term over the course of various episodes, uh, recounting the various eras of Final Fantasy XIV in celebration of the fact that, I mean, we concluded this 10 year story arc and what all of those expansions and story beats and game changes were like as we played through them. So so here's here's the question. So we we finished with 2.0 with one episode. We still have mm-hmm. Heaven's Word, Stormblood, Shadowbringers, oh. and Walker. <laughs> there will be more. There, we're probably we're probably not going to finish it today. Well, maybe we can finish like Heaven's story Word. of Heaven's Word. Like <laughs> let's get through you know, Heaven's 3.0. Word. That's the goal. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, Heaven's Word, man. So for me, I think just like the announcement for Heaven's Word mm-hmm. was the big like, ah, like, yeah. I will never forget sitting at that first fan fest in 2016 mm-hmm. in Vegas in the ballroom, watching that trailer, seeing the gates of judgment pop up and then just like. Dragoon after Dragoon after Dragoon, yep. and like I had never been more aroused about Dragoons in my entire life than I was sitting in that room. Like it just. Uh-huh. <sighs> so I watched it on Fusion. my phone. Yeah. Come back to Fusion a few minutes ago, talking about how appropriate he was going to keep the podcast, and I was talking mm-hmm. about how aroused he gets about Dragoons, which I mean is okay, Fusion. Love I mean, love. There's there's some things you just can't deny. You know, you just. <laughs> It's true. What I love is that actually for each of the portions of story, we picked out a little piece of review, right? Either that was from other gaming sources or when we started doing reviews. So in Heavensward Fusion, we actually have your review of Heavensward because when you went out and you were seeing all of this, right? Wasn't Heavensward the very first expansion that you more officially covered and reviewed on Gamerscape, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah, it it was the the first like actual legit like review that we did. Um, Yeah. Obviously, you know, we had covered... Like ARR and, and stuff. I don't. Did, I don't know if we did an actual review for it. You did uh, because I have a quote from we? your oh, review well, right here. Well, well, for for, for the for previous for previous <laughs> stuff, not just for for three. Go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. Yeah, I mean, this might have been technically. This might have. I'm not sure exactly where this fell in your reviews, but what you'd said about it was that Heavensward takes Final Fantasy XIV's Reborn Realm and takes those high emotions from patch 2.55 and twists them into a beautifully dark Final Fantasy story while also polishing many aspects of the gameplay to make the game both more accessible and enjoyable. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, essentially what Heavensward ended up being is they're like, all right, obviously, like, after 1.0, it's like, we're going to Ishgard or or Alamigo. That was, like, the two routes, right? Mm-hmm. We knew these things existed. We could see Ishgard in 1.0. We could walk all over Corthus in 1.0. Um, so, like, when they're like, yes, it is Ishgard. Uh, also, there's, like, a shitload of dragoons and stuff. It's like, awesome. 
and obviously at this time, right, Game of Thrones was like shifted into high gear. Everybody was yeah. watching Game of Thrones. So it's like, yeah, let's just like make the expansion like dark Game of Thrones with dragons and stuff. I say that like Game of Thrones didn't have dragons. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like yeah, it's just let's just jump into like this dark fantasy vibe and it was it was so good. Was the Game of Thrones show out at this point? I didn't think yeah. it was. Twenty sixteen, yep. I think so. Yep. Really? Yep. Oh, that's weird. I didn't think that was the case. I guess I guess it would line up. I started playing in Heavensward. Oh, so man. I wasn't actually when Oh you know was... just looked up the date and feels old now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah, twenty eleven <laughs> is when it started. <laughs> that looked twenty eleven. Oh to 2019, gosh. so it was I, eight I years. don't want to go on record. I also feel old now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Just stop. Don't. That kind of, the book series have been around for a long time. Yeah, a long honest, time. But I think there was a big look at this idea of sort of complex, historically influenced high fantasy mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like the dragons. And we know that the actual lead writer for this portion of the game has, I mean, seemed to have done a lot of research about a lot of different things, but mentioned Game of Thrones. And there, there are some A Song of Ice and Fire slash Game of Thrones references throughout Final Fantasy XIV itself. So seeing that is definitely, it, it is a big thing. It's funny mm-hmm. because since I came into the game at this point, I myself didn't really see any of the advertising specifically for Heavensward. I came in because I was curious about Final Fantasy XIV and I'd always wanted to play a Final Fantasy MMO. And then coming off of, like you mentioned in your review, the patch stuff into Heavensward, the momentum was so huge. Like stuff gets so real in those patches leading up. You think Nanamo is dead. You think all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just like setting foot for the first time in Ishgard. I didn't even have a lot of the connection that you did, Fusion, where, you know, 1.0 having seen those regions or, uh, you know, later finally being able to go into what had been a closed city-state. So for me, the story's momentum really propelled me into it. And that's what I remember, like, the most from my initial impressions. And, you know, it was kind of weird because you get in there and we weren't really, you get a little sidetracked with all the politics. You're not directly trying to get all the scions back and things like that. But it felt like such a mysterious place and such a huge shift in sort of setting and tone, especially coming off of those patches that I just, I really was intrigued myself too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, what do we so, remember most from Heavensward? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that. Right? So, I, I mean... mean go ahead. Still, still, definitely, whenever I think Heavensward, is that, that incredibly high level of arousal from just watching that reveal trailer, the oh. teaser trailer. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think, on, you know, in addition to that, it was the introduction of Machinist for me. Sure. Um, because I I played a fair bit of Bard in 1.0 and 2.0. It, it might as well have been my, my secondary at that point. But then they're like, would you like to shoot guns? And I was like, yes, I would. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, would you like to have the ranged classes be using cast times and cast bars? And I'm like, eh, but guns. No. No. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was it was it was rough, but yeah, I loved I loved the idea of, of machinists. I mean, obviously we had had the musketeers killed in in Alimsa since forever. So we're like, yeah, we're gonna ah, get musketeers. Out for our musketeers. We're gonna get machinists, yeah. and they're like, yeah, we're actually just gonna skip the class and just go straight to the job. And we're like, uh oh, I want to play a musketeer or a ranger. Why do you do this to me, Yoshi P? Why do you do this? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I remember most funnily enough, I remember white mage mana pools because hand in hand, I hmm. farmed so much fun scathe. I did yeah. so much fun scathe in Heaven Sword. I wasn't raiding yet. I wasn't. And one of the first really big longer term goals, because I had finally caught up in the story during Heaven Sword, was to get that relic weapon. And I just ran fun scathe nonstop. I, I had a friend actually who's still a moderator in my community. We ran that just into the ground. I think I saw just about everything that could happen possibly with a rando <laughs> group in that raid. Mm. So for me, that and trying to juggle my white mage mana pool during it is just mm -hmm. seared into my brain. But I also think for me, Heaven's Word was so distinctive because even today when I think back on it, I think about the atmosphere. I think about Ishgard, mm. the snow, the cold, the music, those desolate areas, uh, the frozen corpses of dragons, like all those mm -hmm. things that are so, I don't know, just iconic as a siren goes by. But to me, I felt like the characters in the atmosphere of Heavensward were so powerful that that really stuck with me. And kind of like fusion, but in a slightly different way, whereas fusion was deeply aroused by the dragoons, I just discovered something new about myself with the dragons. And it was wondrous. <laughs> and I really, you know, a lot of things made sense about my life. And I was just, you know, I feel as though I grew mm -hmm. as a person and an understanding and accepting myself because those dragons are fire, though. And I'm just womp. <laughs> in a lot of ways and uh -huh. you know, I just honestly love the dragons I've always loved dragons so for me that's a surefire way to already make me love your fantasy world let alone if you do it as well as 14 did mm. I, th I think next Charles sure yeah uh, I think heaven's word was probably uh, the things that I remember most definitely is the vault right <sighs> Um, in general, mm -hmm. like the story overall. But for me, that's when I started to really, really get serious about raiding. Uh, so my memories mostly come from the raids, which is Alexander, which I loved, but there were a lot of issues. I mean, sure. As static, we did not get through uh, Pepsi Man, nope. which sucked. Uh, we did come back and eventually do all of the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I will always remember that progression um, because it was fun and it was also not. But for some reason, it never got as, I don't know, it, it felt more varied back then. Because, you know, things, there was still some trash, there was trash, still some door yeah, bosses. Trash right? and raids. So, it, I don't know, it just holds this place as like the last of the old school of raiding in 14, right? Because yeah. once we get the Stormblood, everything changed completely. Um, so it's like, for me, it's like, I don't know, it's that golden age of that raiding that I remember. And then we were getting, like, you know, much harder content, and, and everybody was talking about it. The community had finally, like, started to really get into, really get into competitive. I think that that world race was pretty good. It was one of the the first ones that got any traction. So I just will always remember raiding in that time period. Yeah. Like Stormblood, I didn't do a whole lot. Um, but Heaven's Word, that's what I was doing. I, I think I did Cruise Chaser Prague for like three months. Mm -hmm. 
my nightmare yep. if there's if there's ever like music playing in like a really solid nightmare it's exponential entropy because yep, it's forward and back so much cruise chaser oh my <laughs> yeah. god as soon as that mount came out i'm like yes i'm buying that i'm riding it around yeah. you like don't uh, search now <laughs> i was happy playing any job at the time just about like it, it was That's just good true. yeah there are just times where apropos of nothing like i will just be existing nothing will happen that reminds me of 14 nothing will be occurring i will be doing some menial task and i will hear in my head either forward and back and then forward and back or i'll hear like i don't even know why still those like there was some really iconic, I think, and really memorable melodies. And mm -hmm. I, I love the, way, the raid. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. way they pushed some of those design elements, like you were saying, Aldiano, there was like this really varied kind of mm -hmm. variance in both the kind of stylistic stuff and the musical stuff and the, and the content sort of stuff. And yeah, it, it still Even has the trials were bangers. I mean, we talk about Warring Triad all the time. Mm. I mean, yeah. Thornton was a great Ugh. fight the first few times you do it. It's because <laughs> you, you get to like have us like get to the end. You're like, oh, we're gonna fight like the bad church guy. Cool. Yeah. And then like you get a few minutes into the fight, and you're like, the final boss of the expansion is Knights of the Round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and you freak what out. What's so funny is I had actually forgotten about this until you literally said that, Fusion. How I got Bebop to play 14 with me. Mm -hmm. Bebop had played 11, so Bebop already had some interest. Sure. But what sold us and what actually got us in in Heavensward was that we didn't see the trailers or things. What we saw was a video of the Knights of the Round. Mm. And mm. Bebop was losing it because they remembered doing the original fight. And I was watching. I was like, oh, my gosh, they put it in. And we were so blown away by how they realized that, that we decided right then and there that we were going to start playing 14. Mm. And I, I had completely forgotten about that. But to this day, yeah, that fight still. Yeah. I feel you know. this extra delight about it. Yeah. And there's some things that you'll you'll never forget, you know, like, uh, for me, a lot of it came through raiding and, and stuff like that. So, like, Thornton, yeah, did you know that that planet in the background is Azeroth? Because that was just a okay. joke at the static, You were right? it was, okay, so... <laughs> we hey, guys, it. it's Azeroth. Yeah, we ran it, and somebody who I think wasn't even the static was like, no. hey, look back there, it's Azeroth, and somebody else in the static went, oh, really? <laughs> no! <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Oh, it just okay. became a meme. Yeah. Anytime Zen, we see a planet. Then yes. did you give what you remembered the most? I did not. No, not yet. I have a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, rating because the thing I remember most from rating, aside from having an awful black mage, I'm throwing you under the bus again. Um. Wow. Did Aldia know the black? No. No. <laughs> no. I was oh, just no. raising the black mage. I yes. see. I see. <sighs> they were they were doing everything a black mage should except for the part where you get out of the AoEs. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, and you beat the summoner in your group. Big shade. They're there. Yeah, a little bit more shade, yeah. So the, uh, the thing that I remember most from that was... Uh, we, we, we tripped a, a bit as, as we were raiding. So we were right before the servers went down uh, for the final Alexander fight. In the fight, trying to beat it for the first time, 
and we were going to. We needed 30 seconds. Servers went down, and we did not beat it until oh. they came back up again. And it was like, ah, so close, so close. Yep. Um, the other thing related to Alexander, I remember, is uh, being able to glitch inside Alexander's bubble. So in... Oh yeah, I remember Uh, that. You could like sneak into the bubble and then be in there with him, which is kind of neat. Um, Heaven's Word overall, you guys have pretty much all said it, but like just the Hmm. atmosphere in general, the whole like gritty like shits hit the fan. You have to run away from this place that was your sanctuary because they think you're a murderer. Yes, all of that. It's very, it's very. Oh my gosh, this is a real story now. They're, they're really doing this. Okay. They killed um, this I, one person. A man has lost his arm. Yeah. We're on the it's run. Real. It's real. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I loved going to Curthis and seeing the snow because uh, the, the whole zone had changed. Curthis was one of my favorite zones to begin with in one point. I still and- miss Grassy Corthus. Mm. I, I don't I want I like, Grassy Corthus like- back. I liked I liked it a lot though. I liked seeing uh, all of, all of the extra snow. I liked being reminded of uh, Central Corthus proper because that that zone is probably one of my favorites. It's got so many mm. like weird little neat pockets in it. And then I also really liked uh, Dravanian Forelands because that one has so much weird shit in it. Yeah, it's like here's a big Colosseum waterfall area, and here's a cave with one single big ass chocobo in it, and here's a volcano you're gonna climb up but also you can go into it and look at all this lava and, <laughs> and all fish the in the buildings. lava <laughs> yeah. yeah and all the weird trees like all the big giant weird ass trees there's so much yeah. weird interesting yeah. stuff there and that that's was why the... i made an entire role-playing character that is just there mm-hmm. living there and exploring yeah. there I mean, and the naturalist and, yeah and heaven's word was the expansion where they added like the collectibles and the the, the script stuff for for Didn't gathering like that, and but, crafting you know. so that was <laughs> It was so, like, I remember after going through the story and stuff, you know, looking, be like, what time is it? Oh, I better go up to Az's Law and grab that, uh, oh, shoot, adamantite ore or whatever, whatever the aura was up there. Sounds about right. Yeah. Like, I was just, I was, like, obsessed with, like, hitting those time time nodes. nodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they also did sky fishing Mm -hmm. in Heavensward, too, right? Yeah. 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 Flying. Flying. We could fly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which was wild because it was around this time that WoW was like, yeah, maybe flying's not that great. I think we're going to stop doing flying. And then 14 comes. Yeah. It's like, we're adding flying. It's like, ah, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> they started putting up roadblocks to getting flying and people started hating it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one thing I remember about flying in Heavensward is that I was so livid. Well, okay. One, I loved that the maps, they were gorgeous and they were designed to be more vertical and they were like meant to take advantage of the flying. That I loved. What made me so furious is that I could not figure out how I was supposed to get to that other aetherite that is the, is it Oxumdu? That's in Seed Cloud. I spent so long trying to get to that stupid aetherite. I don't. I can't remember if it was because you had to get something over there yeah. to unlock flying, or if it was a story thing. I remember trying so hard for so long to get there. Yeah, the second half of the zone was locked off, and that's mm-hmm. that's when they started that practice mm-hmm. um, where they would go. You go through one part of the zone, and then you go through another later on. Um, 
which is cool. But yeah, it leads to that. Why can't I fly? Oh, I literally can't get to. I mean, that it part was. I mean, obviously, like right. it was the introduction of flying. But I mean, really, yeah. the the kind of like uh, model for expansions, right? It started with yeah. Heavensward because um, with a Realm Reborn, it was like, okay, we're just we're we're back. The game is live. Here's a story. Go around, do stuff, whatever. And it wasn't like locking down areas or anything like that. But with Heavensward, it kind of started that idea of. Uh, a, a road trip, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. Here's we're gonna take some characters. We're gonna go through these areas. We'll tell a story. And I mean, and we had that in every expansion since, right? I mean, Stormblood, yep. you know, ev- like more closely than anything else followed it, right? It's like okay, here's these other characters that we didn't have you tag along with in Heaven's Word. Now you're gonna go through the the Far East and stuff. Um, and it, they they kind of softened it up a little bit with with Shadowbringers. You know, Sh- Shadowbringers, yeah. Was, was kind of like 2.0, right? It's like that getting the band back together thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little more in, in in Endwalker with, you know, area to area. and But yeah, it's, I mean, that's where it all started was with Heaven's Word. Let's have a couple yeah. more things. Yeah, go ahead, mm-hmm. go. Um, I really love the char- character of Asael. I, I loved everything that she contributed to mm-hmm. Ishgard society eventually and the storyline. I love seeing the interactions between her and Sinian, who were like basically opposite ends of this war spectrum. Um, I mentioned this before, very much in OTP. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited about the uh, reworks in the dungeons, possibly adding more content therein. But just like the whole dynamic of the party that you travel with during the storyline in that first section was very interesting. And like mm-hmm. they're all walking on eggshells. But getting along and and because they have to, it's right. necessary. And they're slowly starting to understand each other and just like the nuances there, I really enjoyed. Like they made my brain sparkle. I guess. Yeah, uh-huh. I really. I think I think I said this once before, but like that that field trip was like it 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 definitely hit a little harder being an Elizin that wanted to be from Ishgard mm-hmm. that was a dragoon. I was a. Dragoon, like right after uh, Summoner, I started playing Dragoon, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I have a rivalry with that guy." And then you go on this trip, and you deal with all of those things about Ishgard, and it just, yeah, it 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 it, it has a special place. And those characters are, you know, yeah. they're just a little bit more. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's where my um, my appreciation for Asinian started because mm-hmm. 1.0, I hated that. Guy. Oh yeah. He's part of the Dragoon quest, and he's obnoxious, he terrible, and awful. He's, he's an asshole. Yeah. But then you then you see him interact with all these people, and he's keeping his shit together. He's a grump, but that's okay. He, you can be a grump and, and do what you need to do. He acknowledges you. Like that's one of the first times that they really uh, leaned into a job. If you're a Dragoon, there's a little bit of throwaway dialogue. Mm-mm. If you've done the the job quest, and it's like, oh crap, that's right. I mm-hmm. am part of this world. You're right. Yeah. I think there is. The, um, the Heavensward mm-hmm. Dungeons are probably my favorites still. Um, I yeah. am nervous about them touching them because <laughs> I haven't necessarily liked all of the changes that have happened to the dungeons so far. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really, I really just love those dungeons. They're so beautiful and the places they happen in are gorgeous and I mean, their mechanics are fine. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. But so many like important things happen in all these places. I think Aerie is probably my favorite. It's just a really cool place. It's mm. like held up together with purple angry dragon lightning. It's neat. I I loved uh, I loved mm-hmm. all the stuff in Az's Law. Like the, the and, especially yeah. the music. 
Yeah, I actually hate the way Azazel looks because it looks like like a poison <laughs> dump. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's not you know, aesthetically no, I get pleasing. It. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's cool about it. I think that's mm-hmm. cool about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like too. It's like brutalist almost. It's like elegant brutalism in a way. Because I, I, I was like, it just float. I don't care. Just float it. It's fine. Yeah, I, I think like Tempest aside, right? Because like Emrod yeah. is like the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> I, I think Azizla is probably the best endgame area that they've ever done in this game. Because like for 2.0, it was like, let's go to Northern Thanal. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. all right. Uh, Stormblood, and they're like, how are we gonna the top? Lock. How are we gonna top Azazel? Let's go to the locks. There's a salt fair. strand. And it's like, what the f- what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I okay, mean, that's a fan. fair, fair shout. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. it, it felt so endgame, right? It's like mm-hmm. because you've played through 2.0, you you know, you did maybe you touched a little bit on like binding coil stuff. You knew a little bit about the Alligans. And then you hit this final zone in Heaven's Word, and you're just like, oh, shit. Like, it's just, it, it felt like an endgame zone as mm-hmm. opposed to a zone that happened to be the last one you visit in an expansion. Yeah. So the, yeah. throwing back to Aerie, mm-hmm. um, something that I think every time I go through there, because in the first, like, I don't know, maybe 20 hours that the game was up, uh, you know that, that section you go down and a dragon swoops across with the lightning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It says a, a terrible dragon approaches or something like that. It was yeah. misspelled. It said a turbile dragon approaches. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch out for so those turbile dragons. Yes, every time I go through there, I think, oh no, it's a turbile dragon. No, I will think that That's forever fantastic. until the end yep. of time. And then the last thing chat was talking about a little bit about, I think you guys did as well, Caster Bard. Yeah, so all the, all the stuff I've been talking about so far is like favorite. Yeah. Caster Bard will never leave my head ever. <laughs> it's not a favorite. I hate it a lot. We have oh, we have a whole section in Heaven's Word to talk about that. Okay, yeah. I won't talk about it now. Well, then before but, before before that though, uh-huh. uh huh. Seeing the Void Arc flying around. Oh yes, oh, yeah, the mystery. That was so cool. We would just be like in an what area, and that? if you just look off, you just see the Void Arc, and you're like, what? And then of course, like all <laughs> the lower people are like, is that like, what was that? Bismarck was Bismarck based on that was that based yeah. on Bismarck what's going on what's the yeah. lore how's this work what is what is that thing that yeah was so that cool. was so cool and then to mm-hmm. actually be able to go and you can still to this day see it flying around yeah. so you can still find yeah. it it wasn't just like a temporary thing it's but before so cool. the raid came out nobody knew what it was which is uh, a really amazing little detail mm-hmm. so I guess this takes us to the the thing that is always said about Heaven's Sword, which is that I think we've all heard this. Just wait, fourteen gets really good in Heaven's Sword, and I wanted to ask all of you what it is specifically about Heaven's Sword that you think made it resonate. Like, what do you think about it? Whether that's like how it set the trajectory of the future of the story, or what is it about Heavensward that makes it click over something like the core game experience? To start this, I think I want to say you'll notice when we were all talking about our favorite things, we couldn't pick a favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It was a, a range of stuff which covered kind of everything. We we came from uh, Realm Reborn was not bad by any means, especially considering what we came from in 1.0. Mm-hmm. But Heaven's Word was, the, was when they knew that they had succeeded, could keep going, and they put the effort in mm-hmm. everywhere. And you yeah. could tell, you could feel it. To me, I, I think 
a lot of people were hit by, you can tell a story in an MMO, and I think it was Heavensward that did it for them because, to me, the writers, and I don't know this, and I don't think that there's any interviews about this, I'd love to ask this question, kind of just said, let's put a Final Fantasy into Final Fantasy XIV again. Let's just start a Final Fantasy story right now, give you a party, and have you travel with them the whole time, learning more about them, and then some of them go away right? It is the most Final Fantasy story in a long time in this series. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. not wrong. Right? You know, a, a, a kingdom in war, you're trying to help out. You have one of each side with you. You know, you go through this stuff. You have this ancient civilization. Big misconception. Right? It, yeah, it, it just, it is such a Final Fantasy story. And they told it in a very compelling way while putting you through the MMO stuff. And I think when they put that together, people went, holy crap. Yeah. Wait a I mean, second. The story so definitely good. stands on its own, right? But, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before, right? Because it's part of an MMO. It's part of a longer form story. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just come in and you're like, oh, this is really good. But then if you played more before that, right, you'd be like, you know, it's like the, the explaining, you know, the, the feelings I had watching that that teaser, right, at FanFest. It's, you see the Gates of Judgment. You know, that's when you know, we go into Ishgard. <laughs> like, yes, finally. Um, and it's just, it's that building on the narrative. I mean, you talk about um, all these different characters and stuff. We get new characters. We have development of, of characters we've already known. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, doing that road trip with with um, Althano, where mm-hmm. he's coming out of like, so like I tried to make a private army and it backfired and they cut off the arm of this one dude and killed the Sultana. And now we're just like, it's okay, buddy. Let's like, we're on the yeah. run. And then, you know, he has, you know, a, a role model coming in in the form of Estinian, um, and just, you know, a better worldview with, you know, the stuff from Ysail. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's really interesting seeing that character development on top of what's already a great story. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if you played 1.0, like they, they still sprinkle some stuff in where, um, they're like, hey, remember that Moogle primal and how like the Moogles descended from the heavens and stuff? Here's that place. And you're like, wait. Yeah, they did. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. And then you spend f- more than five minutes there and you're like, okay, I'm done with the Moogles now. Um, or I want to be Let's done with the Moogles. The you Moogle weren't done after five minutes. Yeah. 50 oh years of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moogles. That's what I everybody did, remembers like, from Heaven's Work. Yeah. I did like every single quest in all of the zones on the way up there because that's when uh, DPS queues were still very bad. And I was queuing yeah. with another friend who was a DPS. So trying to get two DPS in was very difficult. So all of those zones quests completed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I, I really love two things in chat that are mentioned. So uh, Ivory Jasmine says, the voiceover by Lord Fortomp just adds oh, yeah. such an epic tale. Mm. And I agree. And this actually was as well where we saw this kind of primary narrator thing mm-hmm. be introduced yes. into the structure of stories, mm-hmm. which they would eventually do as well for Stormblood. They would do that as well in Shadowbringers, right, where we'd have this sort of the narrator that leads you through, which I mm-hmm. think is a very interesting choice, but I, it does give it its own thing. I yeah. absolutely loved what they did with him because he, you know, he's telling the tale of the warrior of light and the side, you know, as you travel through these areas. And then at the end, you realize he was writing it in a book and it says yeah. heaven's word. And it's got, it's like, it's, you know, there's a texture on the book and everything. And it's the logo for the expansion. And it's just like, 
hell yeah. Like I, I loved that scene once once mm-hmm. when he, he, they ended there. It's just oh so good. Yeah. And Chris also had a really good observation uh, about that question of why do we think Heaven Sword really felt like mm. that step up that everybody recommends 14 off of a lot of times. And I really liked the way that he stated it. For me, ARR always was make the game work mm-hmm. after 1.0. And Heaven Sword was, okay, now make it good. And I really, I agree with that. I think that it really felt like they, not again, I liked A Realm Reborn mm-hmm. and I think there were a lot of improvements, but it really did feel like they, they had something to prove with Heavensward. And mm. the scale of the content and the story and the artistry and everything, they just doubled down on so hard. And there's this sense of conviction almost, not only in the mm-hmm. actual themes of the narrative and religious conviction and all this kind of stuff, conviction of faith, but also just in, I think, the conviction that came through in that we can do this we can really make this something special mm-hmm. we we already burned the world down and built it once now let's actually take the world and run with it and i really do think that comes through uh so with that in mind i guess the next question is so obviously i think that was enough of a sentiment that 14 gets really good in heaven's word that they ended up actually including it in the free trial do you all mm-hmm. think that was a good move yes. do you think it was necessary oh d- I- it's hard to say like like it's it's one of those things like obviously as the game gets older and more things get added to the game um it's going to be harder especially with the way that the story works right with with 14 to incentivize Mm -hmm. people to come in and you know likewise get caught up so i think by by giving them a little taste of what like an actual expansion is and the story you know after the kind of setup right because you have to Mm -hmm. There's always that that setup when you're introduced to new characters or a new game. Obviously, in some parts, that's not necessarily true with 2.0 if you played 1.0. But at this point, not a lot of people probably did that are coming into the game. Um, so you need to lay that groundwork. And once you do that, then you can start getting into uh, a, a continued story. Yeah. Um, and so I think that makes a lot of sense to, to do it that way. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention, too... Um, Gold Stars brought, wanted to bring up the the change about the voiceovers. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a thing. Um, Such devastation. It's. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that that either. You know, you know, two or three on are are bad, right? But there is something about recasting. Or, I mean, we know why they did it, right? It was basically they right. went from an LA-based thing to like a, a Europe-based thing, but not having Gideon Emery as Urianje uh. still feels uh, no no <laughs> offense to the to, to who's doing oh, Urianje now, right? But going from that voice to the new one, it felt fucking weird to mm-hmm. me. Like <laughs> emphasized, like it just it was not the same character to me anymore. Because um, he, he's got such a distinct voice. Yes. And it just, I mean, and whoever you talked to, like, that was always the one, right, that came up. Mm-hmm. Is Uri Anjay sounds completely different now. Um, and it's, yeah, it was weird. It, it took, I, I'm still not used to it. Yeah. This really? is the real region that Fusion doesn't like Uri Anjay. Yeah. It's <laughs> and I mean, I, I can get it. <laughs> Gideon Emery. Maybe and I'm a little more used are, to it, but it's still, it's just. Yeah, it, it's such a difference. It, yeah, there was this 
uh, like, what am I trying to say? Like, the schemes that he was a part of were partly his doing as well. The current Uriange seems like he doesn't want to be doing any of this, honestly. Like, really and truly doesn't want to be doing this, but is doing this to help everyone, even the bad stuff. With yeah. Gideon Emery, we would have been like, are you seriously not a bad guy, though? Like, that's why we couldn't do it in Heaven's Uriange saw, because saw quite a character change, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, we would have been like, oh, he's doing it. That's him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild going back, and, and you know, Chris mentioned this in the chat. Uh, Sam Regal from Critical Role yeah. was, was Alpha No in 2.0. Every time I go back and I think about that, I'm just like, what? <laughs> this <laughs> this guy was Alpha? Okay. And Thancred um, was Taliesin. And yeah, yep. Taliesin was Thancred. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love those voice actors. Yeah. It's funny, though, yeah. because I, mean, I do, and their work is amazing. And I love Crit Role, and I love, you know... But mm-hmm. it is funny because when I was playing through, like I said, I came in in Heavensward, so I went through everything just straight. Mm-hmm. And the only place I really noticed it, I as far as I can remember, was with the twins. But yeah. mm-hmm. it felt to me like it was a change for the better. I liked their voice actors better, whether that was mm-hmm. that the direction and the cinematics nature of the game was getting stronger and whatever it was i mean i love i enjoyed the original voice actors mm-hmm. but to me those characters really started to come to life i guess post heaven sword and i think a big part of that for me was actually the voice acting performance as mm-hmm. well i don't remember noticing anything with orianger i but i don't know i guess i'm just so used to it now i'm sure if i went back through and really tuned my ear to he, it i wouldn't i i would notice it but he yeah kinda... it didn't bother me he also kind of flew under the radar until at least the Warriors of Darkness storyline. Yeah. Because he was there, but he was never leading any charge, really, until about that time, I think. I mean, he, he, like, he was in Vesper Bay. He yeah, would help you, like, with some, some primal yeah. stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, and, and that's the other Not thing, much. too, right? There wasn't a lot of voice acting, but when there was, yeah. it was a very distinct voice. And mm-hmm. so to then, like, go from that to something else, you're like, it's very jarring. Uh, you know, it's like it's like watching Dragon Ball Z, and then when they had when they went from the, you know, the the, the when they had the, the voice actor switch, right? You just one episode, yeah. and then it's just, you're like, what? Like that's <laughs> that's not how they sound. It Who was is very that? weird. Yeah, and again, not that like either either oh, yeah. side of it is bad, right? It's just it's having a a character sound a certain way and then changing it. It's just mm-hmm. it's 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 odd, right? I think so, one yes. of the biggest ones to me is Sid. <laughs> <laughs> like Sid was the one that made me go, what? Yeah, yeah, that's like, another one. Too bloody useful. Yeah. <laughs> Sid like, was wait a pretty second. huge. Sid was pretty huge. Now that I think about it. Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, I think it's a good a good move to put Heaven's Root in the front. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, yeah. I, that I, was it's, the question. It's much more. Yeah. It's much more indicative of what the game at end game is now than mm-hmm. when you start up the game proper mm-hmm. because yeah i mean it teaches you a lot of shit or it doesn't but you know it, it you get the the basics in realm reborn and then not until heaven's word do i feel like you get the actual feel of what it's going to be like playing the game right the mm-hmm. definitely i yeah i agree with that i agree with that i think yeah i agree if it was a good move it definitely seems like people get so much more bang out of their buck especially for a game that eventually will become a long-term subscription commitment yeah. for you and buy to play commitment so yeah i thought that was a good showcasing of the game and to roll that in um thinking of other good things from heaven sword who do you think was the most attractive character it's a hard question Gee, and who, I can't who, who, who worked on this outline the most hmm um 
real real quick before you get into that, talking about the free trial stuff, um, mm-hmm. I think it's also important to have a to show um, how easy raids can be to get into. Um, because we didn't have that with Coil. Coil was like, you have yeah. a pre-made and you go in. Like <laughs> yep. even, even early on, it's like, you have to go out to this area and enter it through this little glowing <laughs> yeah. bit on the ground. Um, but with Alexander, you know, you had Duty Finder, you get QB in, there was a normal mode. So I think that's also really important if you're on the free yeah. trail to kind of introduce growing. people into. Yeah. Good point, um, good point. Now back to the real question. Yeah, the real question. Let's get to the hard-hitting. <laughs> Who is the most attractive character in Heaven's World? Rauban's arm. Mm. Okay. No, I mean, all right. I'm not going to yuck your yum. You do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a powerful <laughs> man and he's a great character. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Great representation and fantastic. Yeah. I would have to go from my approximation. Of course, this is to the taste of the reviewer. Um, Hilda, and it's not even close. Ah. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have known. Half elf, the only half Elizin we have, I think. Uh, Canonically, I want to say, unless someone randomly who has even less of a role. Uh, So, yeah, Hilda. I mean, like, I feel like I'm playing right into your hand here. Yeah. It's good. It's good. No, it's a good choice. I mean, the reveal, because that's when we get the reveal of what's under the helmet, too. At the very end of Heaven's Word, mm-hmm. uh, 5.0, so, or 5.0, 3.0. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think yeah. one of the more interesting characters, and we had a little bit of her in, in 2.0, uh, Lucia. Yeah, Lucia right. was because, up there as well. You know, there, I, I remember the patch when we had her, and people were like, if you're a Lalafell yeah. and you look up, she has the Garlean third eye, and it's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Excuse yeah. you? And then it's like, oh, yeah, genuinely- she's... <laughs> Sorry, I was genuinely surprised that anybody didn't guess that she was a Garlean. Right. I immediately guessed that she was when I, I saw her. I was like, she's a Garlean or she's a half Elizin, and then you see Hilda and you're like, well, she's not one of those. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, all right. I think at the time, I probably would have said Amrick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Good. I'm sure a lot that, of people would have said that. But Amrick, yeah, yeah. Amrick has not received the uh, the character development mm-hmm. that Mr. Estenian did. So yeah. This was actually at least not in game. Yeah, yeah. This is actually a trick question because they're all the most attractive. Because <laughs> in my opinion, has the most attractive amount of characters. There's okay, a but lot of. Who's different. yours though? All of them, but namely. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. It's funny because, like a fine wine, I think the attractiveness of the cast of Heavensward continues to it's true. You savor it and you grow into it and you take your own journey with it. So, when I started out, I definitely was Baymerick all the way, mm-hmm. and I actually had one of the most sick burns of a conversation I've ever had with my partner, which was that when we were playing through it, I said to Bebop. Oh no, Emmerich's doing all kinds of things to me. And Bebop was like, You're into a fictional character? I don't know how I feel about that. And I looked at I looked at Bebop and I went, Bebop, we've been together for a long time now, but we're gonna be in trouble if you didn't know that I have had crushes on fictional characters for my entire existence as a human being, back as far as I can remember, probably starting with like the Lion King. Uh-huh. So, and the old animated X-Men cartoon right. was hot in that and she was Absolutely. goth and it was good. 
And <laughs> and Bebop looked at me and went, oh, well, I mean, I guess I just always had real people to date. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to fall in love with fictional characters. Wow. And I've never recovered from that. Bebop. In all it's my just... life. Well, this is the thing. Bebop, being Bebop, is the most honest human being you will ever met or ever meet. And Bebop did not mean it right. in a way that was, like, snotty. Bebop was literally just commenting. And I was like, I, to this day, still tell this story. And Bebop's going, I didn't mean it in a bad <laughs> every time and I'm wow. like, I know you did it but oh my gosh was that incredible was that such a power move and one of the sickest burns I've ever experienced mm -hmm. so uh, that reminds me <laughs> go ahead uh, totally off topic that reminds me of a thing that Charles's partner Denidra has said oh boy here we go okay so she once upon a time said I don't hang out with unattractive people and that sounds yeah. like uh, goes. I'm not going to hang out with <laughs> yeah. you, right? But what she meant was, all of the people that I hang out with, I find very attractive. Right. But whenever it comes up, it's like, oh, no. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Uh, yeah, so early on, Baymerick was probably my first real mm -hmm. hardcore crush in this game. But over time and over the course of the expansion, it came to include everyone. Um, it came to include uh, Isail, which was very obvious. That one was obvious. I Dragon thought that's what you I'm, I'm right offended here. that you started to say Ishtola yeah. and then didn't follow through with well, Ishtola. Well, Ishtola's not okay. the heaven's, not heaven's word. But she so gets a new Isail, costume. It's true. I, I mean, okay. they, <laughs> they reinvent her a little bit. It's true. But uh, Isail, um, I saw Vidofnir in the chat, and yeah, there were vibes there. Vidofnir's cool. Mm -hmm. I liked her a lot. Um, I also was into Preisvelger, but he's so sad about his wife he ate. That was a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a problem for me, personally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many. Hilda is amazing mm -hmm. as well. Horshafant? Yeah. I'm going to say something that's kind of controversial. Yeah, I think I know. Okay. I I did not like Horshafant. Yeah, he's kind of creepy. I didn't honestly. like him. It's a little bit. And I didn't no. like Horshafant until Heavensward. Yeah. Prior oh. prior to that, mm. I also thought he was creepy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was like uh, traveling with him. I went, okay, all right. I see I see where you're coming from. All right, okay. See now I love him. Yeah. At the time, I we'll get to this a little bit later when we talk about the big thing that happened in Heavensward, right? Mm -hmm. But. I did not care for him, so he didn't make my list until later, which is, mm -hmm. you know, why, again, it ages like a fine wine, heaven's word. Um, but I mean, just all, they're all good. I can't, I, it's hard to think of, yeah, they're just all good. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, yeah, all of them. <laughs> it's all of them, probably. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we could narrow that down. <laughs> just like, just like our favorite thing from earlier, we all couldn't necessarily pick. It's difficult. It's good time. Yeah, I mean, it's I didn't time. say it, but like, obviously, like Asinian, like it's the Dragoon expansion. Like, come on. Like, yes, I did eventually really get into Asinian as well. I had, a, I now have a very deep, 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 deep appreciation of Asinian. Deep. deep appreciation. All right, so that does take us to another set of characters in Heavensward that I am curious about: the Warriors of Darkness. Technically, a bit later on uh, in the Heavensward cycle here, but. Mm -hmm. I have to ask all of you, did you think they would ever come back? No. And did you ever imagine no. the role they would later play? I, I will never forget the 
I think it was E3 when they put out the Heaven's Word launch trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I forget what the, the cues were into it. But I remember <laughs> walking up to Koji. Uh, and he just looks at me dead ass and just says, do not ask me about the warriors of darkness. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but what? Do not ask me <laughs> about the. So I'm like, I'm really curious, like what internally, right? They were thinking they may use them for. Yeah. Like, it's just, huh? <laughs> I loved the story. As soon as you realize exactly who they are and exactly what it means, like that, outside of, you know, the 5.0, you know, uh, starting stuff is my favorite bit about it because of what it does to the lore, how it opens it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they would come back, but I thought that they would come back. I thought that they would come back or yeah. help us out in the I, future not or that something. We would go to I, the think, yeah. I think, because we time, did them a solid. Yeah. I think at the time I, I didn't quite grasp like the importance mm-hmm. of that. My my major focus, I was like, Minfilia's finally gone. <laughs> oh my god. That was my Rough. my, my takeaway. I just yeah. you know I wasn't wasn't a fan. A lot I of people really were excited because you saw her feet. I'm sorry I had to say that. Wow, I really like that part of the story, not the feet part, the part with the warrior's darkness. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> and uh I was actually mad with the way it ended. Because yeah. I, I, it didn't occur to me that they would come back as any any part of the story. Because it's Heaven's Word. We didn't know how we yeah. were going to start weaving things together yet. Yeah. So I was I was mad. I thought this was a really cool thing that you guys were working on, and it lasted for like a day. Why mm-hmm. Why is this done? Yeah. Yeah. I remember feeling like it was really abrupt too, and because it kind of comes out of nowhere and then it kind of vanishes. Yeah. And I did at the time think, oh well, clearly they're going to use this later. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised when I was talking to other people and a lot of people were just going, I think kind of like you had felt Zen, you know, oh, maybe this was just a story that didn't pan out. We don't really know if they're going to come back. I mean, at that point, the storytelling, this was the first expansion, right? Mm-hmm. People hadn't even known if the game was going to keep running in one right. so, yeah. whether, However, they handled long-term narrative, whatever future things... We didn't have that full reputation, I guess, at that point mm-hmm. of a team that ties everything together. You know, we didn't think of the game yeah. that way because those thoughts were still being formulated. So I always thought they would come back, but I never imagined to the degree and importance that we eventually got for them. Yeah, I, I think I think how I would explain it is with with 2.0. Right, they had they had the ingredients with 1.0, but with 2.0 they made a really nice loaf of bread. But then with 3.0, they started tearing off chunks of that bread and kind of throwing them all over the place. Right, all right, uh, warriors of darkness, uh, Asians, uh, you know, and they're like, maybe we'll get to it soon. Maybe we'll get to yeah. it in six years. <laughs> we'll see. And then it turns out they were just croutons for a later salad that was amazing. Yeah. I was so mad that that's not what Stormblood was about, because honestly, in the story, I was like, we've got Alexander, that's big time stuff. Now we've got dimensions or whatever's going on with that. Who cares about the Garleans? Like, I don't care. You know what? Like, Alexander is another yeah. good example of something where it was like, what the fuck was this for? Yeah. And then later on, you do see what it's for. Yeah. They take it back, they bring it back and I mean, make it something that's Alexander, I think, suffered too from the way that they drove the narrative because 
you would you'd finish uh you know the msq for for 3.0 mm -hmm. and then it'd be like oh something's happening over here and that was kind of it it didn't feel yeah. as uh intertwined as the yeah, later raids did connected. and i and i think that that ultimately ended up hurting alexander because it just it felt felt very much like a side thing whereas mm -hmm. you know you look at something like um you know, uh, Omega. Well, of course, yeah. You get introduced to Omega right in the MSQ. You're like, what is going on? Yeah. It's like, do you want to go investigate this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it really was because they were, it was a backlash from the coils because people were upset they couldn't see the story. So then they brought in normal mode, but then they also removed it from the story, which I think is, they didn't need to do both. If you have yeah. a normal mode, let it touch the story as much as you feel like it should. Like, don't... You don't have to do that anymore. There's a normal mode. People can see the story. Just put the story in there, too. And they've done that from, from then. And they've backported Alexander into the story. Whether or not they planned that before doesn't even matter, because it's just no. such a great idea. Yeah. Like, who cares? I mean, and that's that's the thing with, with an evolving story like this, right? Yeah. I mean they'll they'll have things that you know like like when when shadowbringers came out did they have any mm -hmm. idea that they were going to use the crystal tower like that and bring rot nope <laughs> they just had a meeting they're like hey what if we mm -hmm. take this thing and do it over here oh yeah all right sure why not <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah well see the real reason they did that is because every single scion has white or silver or blonde hair and so they were like uh, a redhead and a brunette now we're even I mean, it wasn't a bad move, to be honest. We got a lot of white hair, which I'm not complaining about in this class, uh, no? in, in this cast, because, you know, I love me some white hair. But I never would have guessed. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> this will, I guess this will take us to a totally different topic, but Heavensward was also the expansion where we got our first ever new race. Obviously, it was the first expansion, but we also got a new race added to the game, which was Aura. And I'm curious... How do you feel about Aura? How did people feel about them at the time they were released? Were you excited? Hmm. Did you Fantasia to one right when I, it was released? I would did say... Did you feel like an expansion for them to be released? All that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. I think my, my vibe was indifferent, leaning towards, like, disappointed. Um, yeah. Oh. And, well, and, and, and here, here's what I'll say. Like... They're like, we're going to introduce a new race. And it's like, that's cool. Obviously, it's a dragon expansion. So, like, <laughs> are we going to get, like, some dragon people, some lizard people? And they're like, no, you're getting humans with horns on their heads. Yeah. That having I been said, I'm glad we got that because we all know what happened with Vera and Hrothgar. <laughs> and it's been a train wreck. <laughs> I so, you guys. Go ahead. No, you, you. Uh, I was just going to say that. I remember when we when we were thinking about what they might look like and there was some people's art around. I was super excited because I was thinking about switching because I was like, well, Ellison is, is cool. I like this. You know, we're going to Ishgard and that might change my mind. I'll see. But I was like, at least it'll be new animations because some of the Ellison ones are just a little stiff and weird. And, you know, the neck could be better for gear. And then when I saw them come out and saw the males, I was like, yeah, I, I don't like that. I just, I don't. I don't know why. It just did not resonate with me. And then the, the difference between the male and female sizes, I get it. There's dimorphism. But 
I never really liked that all that much. Like, don't get me wrong, they're both great uh, characters to play as, and the female R.R. are, like, one of the highest represented played, because, I mean, look at them. They're cute. Uh, yeah, they're super cute. And I get that, but I was just, I was hoping for a little bit more from it. And I don't know what. Uh, more of a silhouette, maybe. You know what you were hoping mm. for? Mm. No, this is probably not what you're hoping for, but this is what I was hoping for. Yeah. Anything about them. They, re- <laughs> yeah. they released that, these, yeah. these, these, these. Yeah. It's pretty cool races. I never switched. Yeah. I never had a desire to switch. Um, but they were they were neat. The design mm-hmm. was cool, I thought. Uh, the whole, like, horns or your ears thing was interesting. But we didn't know where they were from. We didn't know what they were. It was... It was there was a strange, empty pocket of no yeah. information. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I mean, I love the look of Aura. I think mm-hmm. people can make gorgeous Aura. There oh, are, yeah. of course, different things. I, I will say this. They were at least implemented, fully realized. They work with all yeah. the gear. And, and they still need some help in the horns, but that's they fine. They do. They need some help with being able to separate mm-hmm. out various parts of the customization, right? I agree. The sexual dimorphism actually did catch me off guard because mm. I saw them and I thought, oh, you know, now that we have Heaven Sword and we got into the game, oh, I can't wait. I Maybe I'll switch to one. And then when I was in the character creator, at the time, I had a really buff Highlander. That was my yeah. main character. And I liked, you know, having a character that I was like, this is a powerful, mm. both physically and mentally and emotionally character, you know? And so I was looking at the Femme Aura and I went, oh... Mm-hmm. Okay. And for some people, they love that. And I've made oh, yeah. sense that I really enjoy the aesthetic for it, but I was a little bit turned off by the extreme dichotomy. I have Aura characters now of, you know, all genders, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit like, oh, this is very strange to me. Yeah. I wish I could choose to be a big buff lady. But more than anything, it was what Zen pointed out. I kept waiting for a moment mm-hmm. where they were featured. And I thought it was so strange that for an expansion that's all about this conflict with dragons, and then we get a new race that looks for all purposes like a dragon race. Yeah. But that they had nothing to do with the story and that they were very vocal during that time period about the fact that, no, they are not dragons. Mm-hmm. And not we dragons, got no, yeah. What yeah. are they? Yes, and we got Yugiri's character reveal in mm-hmm. part, which mm-hmm. again was more of a long-term foreshadowing with Stormblood. But at the time, I just could not compute exactly how all these things were supposed to fit together for this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it was. It, it might have been one of those things too, right? Where, um, when you think of like a traditional MMO expansion, right? You're like, okay. New areas, new battle classes, new playable race. And so, like, we need a new playable race because this is our first expansion. What are we going to make? And mm-hmm. that's what they came up with. But it, And it was one of those things, right? Yeah, like, we had no idea where they came from. And obviously, when you do this in an MMO, there's going to be that kind of, like, immersion kick where it's like, no, they've been yeah. here the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> but but with Heavensward, especially like you get into Alexander and the the main characters are all raw, but it it felt felt like that was the case very much just because they were like the new thing, and right. it's like but time and travel have no link and to stuff. their society really. Yeah, but like where did yeah. you come from? Like it it felt kind of weird. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm glad they're in the game, and I think oh, yeah. later with Stormblood, with the step, right? Mm -hmm. That elevated them to a level where, gosh, yeah, I cannot imagine this world without right. them. But I did think it was interesting to sort of talk about as we looked at Heavensward, because that was one of the major features. But obviously, another major thing that we got with Heavensward, and this will lead us into that bigger conversation that we were alluding at with things like Bowmage, but... In, Fort, uh, in Heavensward, we got three new classes, Astrologian, Machinist, and Dark Knight. They obviously said they would never do this again, and they would never release yeah. new classes ever again. Um, but what were your feelings about those classes when they were released? And do we think they're going to actually stick to never doing three again? Uh, really uh, solid? It's, it's, you know, for me, it's not a numbers thing. Um, mm. The biggest standout when they introduced these classes is they said these were advanced yes. classes. Yeah. They would be a little harder to get a, the, the hang of. You know, it's one of those, you you put a little more work in, maybe you get a little more reward. And we all know how quickly that was scrapped. <laughs> um, I, I miss that. Like, I mean, and, and it's it's one of those things that I, I get it, right? At the end of the day, you need to make the game accessible to new players. Um, but I it's it's... That was, I think, once they they took those three jobs and they started to to whittle away at them a little bit. Um, it you know and we've we've talked about this a lot, especially with with Astro and and Machinist. Like it really took away some of that uh, job identity. Especially you know you look at the cards, you look at the uh, the turrets. Machinist used to be able to summon two different types of turrets. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> like yep. it would give you like TP or MP machinists could give you refresh folks. Not I anymore. So mad at machinists when it came out because it yeah. made caster bard. And I won't say anything else about that right now, but I yeah. blamed, I blamed machinist. That's fair. Yeah. Well, you know, we, uh, we know square Enix likes to highlight the new jobs, just like when dancer came out and they mm -hmm. decided to give dancer all of the, support ish type stuff and yeah. just remove yep. it completely from Bard and oh my gosh that was the decision yeah. they made I it was, loved Astro when it yeah. came out um, I we've talked about a million times how we miss how cards used to be I loved it it was so good my favorite job to play in 11 was Corsair rolling mm -hmm. dice and, and mm -hmm. trying to land on yep. the correct dice number and, and all that crap so when they put something even the slightest bit similar into 14 i was like i don't care that it's a healer on um, place the job is gonna be so good i cannot wait for the day that we get some sort of gambler class in 14 especially now that they have neutered astrology <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i remember uh, i think astro was a hit I mean, it had its it wasn't issues initially. to start. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it, yeah. it was. I actually, it's funny because it I was curious. End. Yeah, I was yeah. curious about playing Astro and Heavensward, and then everybody was like, "It's a disaster! Down. It's on mm -hmm. fire! Don't play Down. it!" Yeah, they. I mean, it was, they. It, it was, was fine for easy content, but <laughs> yeah. in in raid, it, it had a bit of a difficult time. But they they worked on it. I mean, even even with you know machinists kind of getting the feel of how that was supposed mm -hmm. to work. I mean, that was was a little bumpy as well, but. You oh know, yeah, the idea of what like was... having an advanced mm -hmm. job, like I really liked that. Um, but again, balance and learning curves and accessibility, and it just right. it was it was never gonna work. What was the end of your thought on Astro, Aldino? Oh, I think just 
towards the middle to end, like as we're getting to Alexander, it really started to to force this change in the rating community in general, because those cards, all of a sudden, were how you compete for the big numbers. And you would legitimately, if you were trying to see how good you are, you would have to filter those out. Like, do I have an Astro? No. Don't show me any of them with Astros. Like, I don't want to, because it's a complete difference maker. Give me the card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it turned people into gremlins going, give me the card. I need the card. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Dance Partner. Kind of like the Tether. It was was that first ability that you went, you need to give that to me. Right? Because Bard was for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In general. But Astro was the first one to have those big single target buffs. And it really changed the way people thought about it. And it is the start to the reason why in this game there's more of a difference between the DPS you are given or given giving minus what you are taking from people. Right. right? That raid DPS idea. Um, I mean, there are other reasons for it, but Astro was one of the things that really pushed it into the zeitgeist, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. Dark Knight. Um, I... I'd been playing Warrior at that time. Yeah. I actually tanked a fair amount of Warrior at that time. And Dark Knight did not resonate with me, even though they weren't necessarily different. Like, t- too terribly different. There was the whole, like, manager magic pool thing. The thing that killed me about Dark Knight, and this is the stupidest, stupidest reason, like, shame me for this. <laughs> so many of the abilities were, like, Dark Blah or Blood Blah, right? <laughs> so I'm like, which one is this? I don't... It's one of the dark ones. I'm not sure which one this is. Yeah. So the, the ability names didn't stick with me. I wasn't sure what I was doing. I was just like, okay, you're 60. Goodbye forever. <laughs> and yet, it that was so story. funny. Because, yeah, Dark Knight's story ended up being one of the ones that not only mm-hmm. brought attention to Ishikawa as a writer, but I still think to this day is the best role quest story that we have, Seven. including all the new ones and everything. It just feels so relevant. It feels yeah. so good. Um, it's so unique and interesting, and it has its own emotional impact. It's really cool. Really cool. So, because I know this is going to be, a, probably is going to take us a little bit. Let's move on from the new classes, and let's talk about generally the era of job changes, balancing, and playing in Heavensward. Because I think Heavensward was one of the most contentious and worst balanced eras of the game ever and they would from then on be so meticulous about how they wanted to try and balance things this was also just to do a little blast to the past the era of cleric stance removal Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there was about halfway through the cleric stance was so meta that like scholar using things like cleric stance with both its dps and all sorts of other considerations was absolute king for a while right and then Mm -hmm. it was removed partially through this so what do you remember about the tumultuous time of balance and gameplay as far as classes go (laughs) machinist was insane like if i remember correctly and i'm i'm gonna go look it up but i if i remember correctly some of the orders on sites that you could see you know, who does more damage than other people, you know, if they existed. Uh, which I believe started late. ARR and early? 
heaven's word, but I'm not entirely sure. That might be right. Uh, uh, it was something like Machina Summoner Bard in that order, or something insane, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that that is where we started to see the okay, but their range mentality to start happening because there was a an almost immediate correction in Stormblood, if I remember correctly. Uh, so yeah, balance it was all over the place, but that's also because when you think about it, we still had a uh, cross class abilities. Oh I remember distinctly. God. Yeah. I remember, yeah, distinctly Raging Strike, right? Like, yep. Like you can have Raging Strikes on Summoner. You can have it on just about any DPS at that point. Yeah, yeah. still had to worry about accuracy. Oh. Yeah, we still had to worry about accuracy, which is why yeah. melee was a little bit further down as well because they had to worry about the accuracy cap. Mm-hmm. It was where a lot of those things. Had to Summoner, I remember, still had TP. Shadow Flare. TP still existed. Yeah. Um, that was that was <sighs> the roughest thing. Yeah. It was, um, that sprint still cost TP. <laughs> but if you had a machinist, a machinist yeah. could give you TP back. It's true. TP for any of you who are new babies to Final Fantasy XIV and weren't <laughs> here during that era was a different resource meter that was used, much like MP, but for, like, physical resource. Technical mm-hmm. points. Technical yeah. points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like your stamina gauge. Um, we, but yeah, we, I think a little different. We actually did have a stamina gauge yeah. back in one point. Before that, that was a thing that existed. Yeah, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> I also distinctly remember this as the beginning of the summoner is complicated meme because the extensive guide was it's forty right pages long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> forty pages long, and because there was a little bit more moving shadow flare, rouse mm-hmm. spur. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of more moving parts, but this is where it started to be like, well, Summoner is so hard to play. It wasn't. It still, it still isn't. It's a lot easier now, but it never was. It's just a little bit uh, annoying to play. So, I mean, we talked about like, the big one. The big one that I yes. think people talk about all the time was Spellbard. Spellcaster. Yes, Spellbard. Mm-hmm. So, if you all let me know, because I actually wasn't playing Bard at this time. Let me know if this description is, is accurate or provide your own. But they decided, because of some of the new classes, like everybody was talking about, Machinist and these other introductions, that Bard should lean more into the magical inspiration for Bard. So it was reworked in such a way that it made use of, like, MP, and it had cast times for its abilities where you had to stop moving... And cast stuff. Is that correct? Does that... I don't think it used... I don't think it necessarily leaned into into the magic of it. I think it was just a... It was a systematic thing where they're like... um, They needed to... Was it before the songs? Like, when your song was up? Maybe. uh, Like, Foe's Requiem, for example? Which we don't have anymore. That that made it so that everybody did more damage to all the enemies that could hear it. It Also, it provoked the enemies... Not actually like provoked, but when you if you cast mm-hmm. it, it was yeah. doing damage to the I, enemies, so they came to you if you started it with that. I would, but anyway, I think that used MP, and when you ticked out of MP, the song stopped. Yeah, um, I would have seen it as a way to decrease the the mobility benefits yeah. that range jobs had. Yeah, it it's it seemed like a lot of that. I'm actually going back in time now, and I'm looking up a three point X bard guide. Which oh, is hilarious because most of the stuff does not exist anymore, um, at all. And yeah, everything costs TP still. Um, it just had like a cast time on it. 
Yeah, it just did. It just because you, you were drawing the bow. Oh god, Ivory, Ivory in the chat mentioning uh, the gauze barrel for machinist. I forgot oh, all about the gauze barrel. Uh, I still have a to, macro for gauze barrel off. I think we used to Probably. we used to have to reload our ammunition. Yep. Like oh my I I you know this is this is skipping ahead maybe a smidge but I man playing uh, Shadowbringers machinist was like the most like life changing like mm-hmm. thing like I've ever experienced like me and Altino did the media tour and they're like yeah and uh, we also revamped machinist and I was like really. Okay, well, Aldi, you know, you go play all the other jobs. I'm going to be yeah. over here playing Machinist. And, man, like, it was so hard to go back to grinding Eureka on Machinist. Yeah. Having experienced, like, the early, like, test build of Shadowbringers Machinist. Because it was so much better. Like, we didn't have to worry about Goss Barrel. There was no ammo reload. We mm-hmm. got a big freaking robot. Like, oh, I man. that drove me the craziest about um, first being made to be a caster bard and then them taking it away was I was really good at moving around and doing all these extra mechanics that you had to do in Realm Reborn. Mm-hmm. Bard, mm-hmm. bard did all of the extra mechanics yep. in, in Raid and uh, one or yeah. two yep. um, and then suddenly I had to get used to stutter stepping. I didn't want to play a caster. It was very mm-hmm. hard. It took me a long time to get used to it. And then they took it away and I had to get used to not doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an interesting uh, roundabout because the the amount of casting on Summoner now is more like a ranged DPS. So Bard went from ranged DPS to caster back to ranged DPS. And caster went from, or Summoner went from caster to ranged DPS. And the jury will be out from there. And it's really indicative of this trouble that they've had with range jobs or the perception of range jobs. I don't... Okay, so Heavensward, yes, it was completely out of order, but a lot of balancing was out of order at that point. Yeah. Um, And I think that in Stormblood, like I said, they they kind of went back. Um, But it just makes you think, what what are we seeing now, right? When you think about what we were going through then and, and all that kind of change. And then now we're seeing a lot of making it easier and easier. But they always reevaluate and they always change it back. There was a bow mage, there is no longer. So really going through Heavensward and how weird the balance was to see now where it's probably the most well-balanced MMO, period. Like, I literally did this recently. Like, I looked at the WoW parses and like the difference between number one and number two in raid is the same difference between like black mage and machinist. It's the same percentage difference. In one position in WoW, the entire thing for us. It's crazy. And yeah, it's because of it's the experiments that didn't go very well, like Bow Mage, mm-hmm. you know? There were just so many things. I mean, it's funny because even going into Endwalker later down yeah. the road, there'd be all these discussions about MP management. Mm-hmm. And I remember that in any kind of content, doing White Mage yeah. in Heavensward, I had to use any MP recoup I could on cooldown. And yeah. there was still a nail-biting chance that at the end, I would not have enough MP to heal everybody at the end and of an encounter. And that was hope. like... Go ahead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you would hope for every refresh and mana shift. Remember mana shift? Yeah. I do, and I miss it. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was definitely a more tumultuous time. Yeah. There were a lot of things they were experimenting with. It was the first time they had added in new classes. We still had a lot of these old systems like TP, like the mm-hmm. multi-classing, like cleric stance. Yeah. All these different things. We, I think, at that point, did we still have the skit, like the mandatory? You know, you'd put points into various skills. Oh. Or do you remember? No, you like, had you had like, like a select amount. In. Yeah. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Was that removed in ARR? It I don't was. Think we ever had that? We did. I, no, no. There was a period of time that. where you had to actually. You would go in, and when you leveled, you would get like a point. And you could put the point into it, something like there was something stuff. goofy between summoner and scholar with that system. Yeah, there was. You would have to switch back and forth. Yeah, attribute points. They yeah. were removed in Heaven Sword. I remember <sighs> them because I remember having to do that and then having the change. So attribute yeah. points were also a thing in this era, but then were removed. So they did a lot of experimentation. Um, I guess moving along because we are going to be coming up here in about fifteen minutes on our end mm-hmm. time. This was, we'll roll this all together. So, as you all mentioned earlier, Heavensward was the expansion of static breakers. <laughs> there were, they, so many statics broke or stopped progging during this era because of some of these, perhaps balance things, mm-hmm. a contribution of all kinds of the difficulty levels of content. Uh, Final Steps of Faith at release was wildly <laughs> difficult and had to be nerfed multiple times. The Warring Triad fights are still some of my favorites, and they themselves had their own range of difficulty, skip, soar, or disband, mm-hmm. you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and we also, we've talked about this a bit, but Yoshida-san, with the return of Sephiroth, has talked about the fact that this was a turning point in the game for difficulty of design. Uh, mostly, I think, in regards to normal content, normal dungeons, normal raids, things like that, because we still see a level of difficulty with Ultimates and Savage. But I do also think having an effect on things like extreme versions of fights, that there would still be notable difficult fights down the road, right? Mm-hmm. So, what when you think about the fights in Heavensward, what were some of your favorite fights? And do you think that the difficulty of the game has definitely gone down since Heavensward. I mean, that's that's hard to say. I think, I mean, for me, like, I love Sophia. I think the Sophia fight was mm-hmm. was interesting with the balancing. I love the, the music in Sophia. The music. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of difficulty, it's one of those things where I think it's hard to accurately gauge the difficulty of fights um, as the game has progressed because... Uh, we've we've had new tools. We've had tools removed. We've had tools adjusted, and so I, you know, it's one of those things where maybe it feels easier, maybe it feels harder. But we also have a completely different toolkit than when what we used to have as well. Um, and since then, you know, different types of mechanics have been created for the game. Um, so yeah, I, I say both. Okay. I think I think that the same content that we had then, like the savage stuff is easier. I think that they've added content that is harder. Well, and, and, so and I th- I think too, right, to, to also lend to what I was saying, and especially for people that have been playing the whole time, you're, you're more familiar with fights and how they work and operate. So, it, you know, it, what might be like really hard for somebody, if you've been playing the game for 10 years, you're like, oh yeah, no, I've done this dance before. It's not a problem for me. 
So it's there's I think there's a lot of factors that that go into that. And I mean, even <laughs> you look at the devs, right? She was like, "End Singer EX, man, it's gonna be really yeah. hard." It's and it's like, no. <laughs> they always they always people always ask how hard would you rate this fight and it's never accurate to what it actually is like <laughs> yeah it's yeah i mean it's it's a hard thing to quantify uh, especially because we also have time to think about and the way that they have to deal with a player base that's learning right i mean arr yeah, okay, always press your buttons. Roll the GCD. That always is true. But as they introduce more and more and change more and more, like, the people who come in in these waves of these expansions want to do better, so they look for even better things, and we get a better understanding because of the people in the community who explain these things to us, why the breakpoints are this, or why it's better to double weave or not here, depending on whatever. And as we get smarter, things are gonna have to get harder i mean you look at classic wow and those very hard raids back in the day that were beaten in the first day now that we know how to do it or that we've seen that those types of mechanics you know like we know how to deal with these Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's kind of hard but at the moment in time in heaven's word versus moment in time now i think yeah I, i think the fights in general were harder but I think it's also because they were more varied. Like, you have to get in a stupid robot. <laughs> uh, you have to fight four robots yeah. at once with varying mechanics and a, a kill order. Tell me, in Eden. <laughs> tell me, now, in, in uh, Asphodelos. How much has that much layered on top? Only three and four, honestly. Yeah. So it's like... Those were earlier on in the fights in Heavensward. They were just like, just throw it. No, whatever. They'll do it. It's okay. We didn't have the. Maybe they had the idea, of course, that one and two should be easier than three and four. They didn't have a real step up. Like, it was the first time they were really trying that, I yeah. think. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a whole whole different era with. Yeah, I think harder fights, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think, agree. Um, mm. The. What was I going to say? The. With jobs, we see that they're sort of leaning towards making job mm. play easier. And that leads me to believe that they're purposefully making Savage content easier, too. Obviously, that's just my opinion. Right. Mm. I liked what was said earlier that I, I feel like we have a greater range. And that mm-hmm. I don't think they have made this a game for babies. You yeah. know, it's, it's not that <laughs> mentality. But that I think the vast majority of content they have leaned, like you were saying, Zen, towards making more accessible in many ways. I think I have felt that the most perhaps in dungeons, which has been kind of disappointing since we've also had less of them. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned yourself that I think the Heavensward era dungeons are some of my favorites. And at the same time, the trials in Heavensward, so the Warring Triad, uh, are some of my absolute favorite fights from this game because I loved how different they all were. Each one had some really unique thing. I liked the, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Were the walls going to fall off the arena? And then you were having to look at scales and somebody was having to call out whatever amount (laughs) of balls fell in one. And then you were, I mean, you just never knew. Was it dealing with ads in a strategic manner like you mentioned in the Alexander fights? or even in uh, the fights 
uh, with uh, with uh, you know the warring triad because there mm-hmm. were various parts where you had to know which ad did this or this or this and divvy things up or negotiate space in interesting ways. Um, I thought that the visuals, the music, and the mechanics were pushing a little bit against that, which could make it difficult. And of course, Alexander was notoriously difficult. Um, I already mentioned earlier, Knights of the Round. I mean, at the time, it was like one of the hardest fights in the Mm -hmm. game, right? And it remained that way for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was one that I still think of really fondly from that era, just because of how incredible it was. Although now many players won't necessarily experience that until we get it as, I don't know, a revised version version in Unreal or something, right? There you go. So I do think the fights in this era were spectacular. Um, I think a lot of my favorites are in it, and it does seem as though they have moved towards having a, I I think, an easier threshold, again, using that just as a term easy by Mm -hmm. my relation, right, Um, for most content. But there are still fights that are notably difficult, and it seems like they're more strategic about where they place those. I find myself wishing a little bit that that trickle down came. Like I did find Ensinger very underwhelming. And mm-hmm. you know, when I think mm-hmm. back on Shinryu at release or Knights of the Round, I want that sort of capstone extreme to be much more difficult mm-hmm. in my mind. But um, I think it, it does feel like they haven't completely departed from it. They've just maybe changed and learned from it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I still remember in, in Stormblood and we'll, we'll talk about this way more once we get to that. But just like the the media reception of the difficulty of the Shinryu fight, <laughs> like people were not like we couldn't beat it; it's too hard. And okay, well, Square Enix sees that, and they realize that a lot of potential players are reading that, and you know, changing things accordingly. So, so with that, our last we'll do this as our last here mm-hmm. to wrap up Heavensward, but. While this might seem like a kind of strange note to end on, I do think it'll be mentioned multiple times throughout the rest of mm. even content, in unique content that we have now, and yeah. then also Stormblood and things. But Diadem that was, was also, it was a thing, and it was one of the big experiments. Like three different things. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the big experiments in Heavensward that I think kind of paved the way for them to do some experiments experimental content and content types. Well, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the RNG of Diadem. I'm proud of them for not giving up. Yeah, I mean, the the, the big RNG, like, the thing, like, it was gear. Like, uh, do we we still have ethereal gear? Is that even a thing still? Okay. No, they might have, they might have gotten rid of it. I don't even remember. It was basically, you would get... Oh, yes, they do, in in early dungeons. Yeah, early dungeons. It was even crazier in DM because you'd be like, okay, you get this gear. The, the stats are randomized. Also, it has a random glamour on it. What? Okay. So, like, you'd put this thing on and it would be, like, the most, like, god-awful thing you've ever seen Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was really weird because at at the time when Diadem first came out, uh, that gear was also max item level. <laughs> it was, yep. There was, was like the a gear. drop that was. But it was like it was like slot. it was like five mm-hmm. five item levels higher than whatever the. Yeah. the but you could get stats on it was. that like 
were garbage. For the same job of yeah, a yeah, yeah. Like it you was, could get, you could get really great strength, and also you get no skill speed, and you don't want that anyway. It yeah, was really it was random and stupid. Really, there was weird. no way for you to re-roll those stats, right? You just no. had yeah. to keep running it and hope for this tiny percentage drop that maybe you could yeah. actually get your best in slot that had stats that wouldn't destroy you. <laughs> yeah, I that that was such a weird thing to add specifically the the gear to a very hard raid because people then thought i've got to get it i have to have that mm-hmm. i need you to because it's going to give me a better chance yeah. i actually had fun doing that content sure I just yeah wish, i just wish that the way that they presented the gear and like the actual like stats and stuff on the gear were mm-hmm. better thought out mm-hmm. yeah and this isn't even this is before the the other revamp where they added like a a boss encounter thing yep. into it. That was even worse. Yeah. <laughs> to give everybody some context, so Diadem, you might know it now in Ishgardian Restoration as a gathering zone, but when it was first released, and I didn't do any of this content at the time because, again, I had just gotten kind of caught up and I didn't even know this was a grind. I don't even know if I was in an FC at this point. I was just playing through the game and the story. But it started out, and correct me if I'm wrong, as it was like an instance thing you needed to go into with the party and it was an exploration oh my they were gosh. like exploration cloud islands right just getting there was annoying yeah. you had mm-hmm. to take like uh, an airship and you could either do it through your own fc airship which costs like less ceruleum or you had to go mm-hmm. and buy ceruleum oh, the ceruleum. And go oh my yeah, god i forgot about that Ishgard. yeah Remember when you needed token items to enter battles? (laughs) It's funny because I like the idea of it being FC-specific content or content that would encourage people Mm -hmm. to have to create FCs and use facilities at FC houses. But obviously, again, then you are prohibiting an entire portion of your player base from actually engaging with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, gosh, remember remember when they're like, free companies can make giant cakes. That was a thing they were going to have at one point. (laughs) But you're you're basically just doing fates. It was actually kind of similar to what we ended up doing in Eureka in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And And we would see that iterated upon later in Eureka and Boja. I don't remember if the initial uh, release had the like high and low areas. There was like an invisible. All the the islands were still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, there was that invisible force field in the middle, and you had to, like, go to a specific mm-hmm. part in the force field to go to the lower section. Yeah. Oh, could you... Mm. Could you not f- use mounts or fly in it? You could, but you, you could. still had to go to the specific thing, because it's, yeah. like, windscreen was in the way or something. Yeah, you had to, like, that's a break in the wind for you to go between upper yeah. and lower. And when you went in, you had to, like, either get to a point... Right, you had to like sneak mm-hmm. past some enemies or kill yeah. them or whatever to get to the point to be able to fly because you couldn't fly initially. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. stuck on that first island. Yeah, that was it. Was thing. yeah, interesting <laughs> idea. There was just so much uh, experimental with it at the beginning, and I think that's probably when they realized, okay, well, yes, people are here, people are playing it. All right, we have to take a little bit, uh, like. We have to be a little bit more careful with this type of content because mm-hmm. it touches way more than one would expect. And I don't think that there was a moment before that where they could have gotten that learning. You know what I mean? <laughs> like 1.0, yeah, a bit of it. They learned a lot from there. But I really think Diadem was the most teachable moment for them in Heaven's Word, probably. Yeah. Other than the reaction to Dark Knight. I mean, and, and we. Like- 
With that and like Palace of the Dead, it's completely yeah. new stuff that we'd never mm-hmm. seen before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It was, it was yeah. nice that they were trying, and it's nice that they yeah. kept trying, I mean, even if it just never ended up good. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we, and we've yeah. said it before, like, they, they have to experiment. They have to try new yeah, things. Otherwise, to. you know, after two years, this game is going to be boring. You know what I mean? So... Sometimes yeah. those things that they try maybe you know aren't so good. And <laughs> we can put we can put hopefully not blame, but like we can we can give the the terribleness of Diadem as an example of how uh, the the new dungeons aren't gonna suck, right? Yeah. The variant yeah. dungeons, it's gonna be so great, it's gonna be the coolest thing. But that's because we had to live through Diadem, and it's okay, <laughs> it's gone now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Zen, Palace of the Dead, also coming out in Heaven's mm-hmm. Sword, which we could do a whole other thing about. But whereas Diadem, I think, failed and had to be retooled in certain ways, Palace of the Dead did become, I think, a very successful sort of mm. part of our end game yeah. content cycle type of content that they would later do with Heaven on High. And we know that another one is coming. So although we didn't get one, Shadowbringers, right? We no, skipped in Shadowbringers, skipped, yeah. partially because of the mm-hmm. pandemic stuff. So it, it definitely is something where you have to experiment with content. There are going to be types of content that just do not work for your game yeah. long term and die or, you know, just remain as weird lingering ghosts. And Diadem was, I think, a really big learning moment for them. And yeah, I think there were good things about it, but obviously a lot of very, very, very awkward, weird, mm-hmm. rough things. <laughs> too. Yeah. 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 But we got good stuff from it and good information from it for sure. Yeah. It's a good basis. We say now after years of us going, oh, diadem, I hate it. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it got there. You eventually. can listen to all those episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think right. that's it. For we today. did it. We did heavens. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we thought we were in it? This is like the Boja lore cast all over again. Yeah, no, we'll get it done I in never, one. It's fine. I never thought we were going to get this done in one. Okay. I never ever thought it. I think. About I think we probably. Minimum. We all probably like kept some opinions about you know Astinian and things like that to ourselves so that we could really truck through this one so just know that in our hearts there's more about mm-hmm. there is I mean I really did want to talk about the fact that Heavensward was and I'll just mention it here at the very end because I think this was important was one of the turning points in the game as far as impactful deaths went right because mm-hmm. we brushed over Horshafont we talked a little bit about the vault but I think that was a really huge pivotal thing for people and the responses even now and the desire of the community, like that loss uh, in the a game that otherwise very also, rarely takes the fan care fest of shrines. Well, they, hit us, tail. they hit us with one that didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. To fix it. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, and now obviously when Brita has such huge importance mm-hmm. and there, you know, we have yeah. lost various characters throughout the game for sure. But I do remember distinctly that this expansion as well was a very, it's a more serious tone in certain ways that I think mm-hmm. would set some of the emotional devastation up that would come. And I think on, on, that, at, on that note, right, I think it's important to note when these expansions release, right? Because again, right, this was right in the middle of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like, big thing. I mean, and not just Game of Thrones, just a lot of other shows. Um, yeah. You know, like Walking Dead. Um, it was always the big, like, who's gonna die next thing? Mm-hmm. And since then a lot of those shows have changed and it's not so much about who's going to die anymore right it's just that's just kind of the evolution of how media and storytelling mm-hmm. has shifted a little bit um so it's definitely you know it's that's when it was made i mean 
people now, like, they'll go do the bard quest in 2.0, and they're like, he took an arrow to the knee? I don't get it. Well, we did at the time, <laughs> and it was hilarious, right? It's just, <laughs> some things will age well, some things won't. Um, and yeah, when you have a game that's, you know, in live service for 10 plus years, that's that's just going to happen. That's just going to mm -hmm. be the way it goes, so. All right. I think we did it. Fusion, where can people it. find you? They can find me on the internet. Oh, these are all these guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to replace it. It's fine. It's still on the it's still on the sheet. I'm in the bottom right corner today. Uh, Ralph Alder, R O F L D R G on all the things: Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, if you so desire. Uh, Zen, where can Hi, people find me. you? You can find me on Twitter at Zanidra underscore A. You can find me on Twitch at Strawberry Bop and also at plus the word Weird underscore one the number. number underscore shot the word. Oh, is it underscore now? Yeah, for, for Twitch. Yeah. For Twitch, oh, it's for underscores. Twitch. For, for YouTube, okay. there's no underscores because mm. I'm bad at consistency. I was reading there. along with the YouTube bit and, <laughs> and there weren't um, underscores and it threw me off and I was like, wait, have we been doing it wrong this entire time? No, no. I no. mean, kind of, but... We're okay. Uh, and and we got uh, Twitch affiliate this past weekend. Hooray! I haven't said it Woo! up yet, but it, was, it, it made me happy. I'll do know. Hi, hello. Very important question for you. Yes. Where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Right. So here. Uh, also on a podcast called EXP Lore with Chris, who is probably in the chat right now. I just closed chat because yep. it's being <laughs> weird. But uh, uh, we did a nice long discussion about world building and kind of uh, weaving around a story when you're doing D&D or any other kind of lore-related RP stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, we've already threatened to do another one. It probably will happen. Uh, so that's here. I am on that podcast. I am at, and I won't make you do it, but it has some combination of plus one and shot in it. Uh, and some of them are numbers. Some of them are words. Just mm. to let you know. Um, I think it's down there. And that's about it. How about you, Rook? Yes, you can also find me um, on Plus the One. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, one day, Don't yes, joke. definitely. I mean, I would love to, though, but really. Plus uh, but the number, one the word. <laughs> until then, you can find me on twitch.tv, Rookery, that's spelled R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me on YouTube, and we are almost done with the Endwalker playthrough that I have been uploading there since I played it back at release. Oh my but gosh, you're still pacing, not done. I know. Wow. With our pacing and scheduling and my editor's schedule, we usually try to do one to two videos a week, so we are almost finished, and it has been a huge emotional journey, so it's a great time if you haven't yet to watch me be a mess about Endwalker. <laughs> I have a lot of big feelings about Final <laughs> Fantasy. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, which is at Rookery underscore. And tonight I will be shoutcasting. Again, the Wolves League uh, will be doing the finals. I'll be shoutcasting alongside Mr. Happy. So that starts at 6 p.m. CT. Uh, with all the stuff with 6.2 and with the other content that's happening in the other MMOs that I play, uh, namely Guild Wars 2, there's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of giveaways, a lot of fun things happening. I'm going to be part of Team Aethernet 6.2 Marathon this upcoming week. So all of that to say... Um, whatever we're doing wherever always good to see you but there's a lot of stuff coming up so you know 
check it out, say hey sometime, and I hope you enjoy. So much stuff coming up. It's ridiculous. I think I think the game industry, we talked about this last night, Rook. Everybody was like, hey, let's just do everything this coming Tuesday. Everything. Yeah. Destiny patch, Destiny showcase, 14 patch, Saints Row release, Gamescom yeah. thing. Like, uh, it's nuts. Everything is yeah. this Tuesday. Literally every. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anything planned this Tuesday, good. Yes, you do. Because there's a lot of things <laughs> to do. Yeah, just too much. I wish they had spaced it out a little bit more, it's but crazy. here we are. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Uh, that is going to do it. If you want, you can contact... Oh, wrong button. I hit the wrong button. No, ignore that. Oh, no. They're right next to each other on the stream deck. You can email us, aetheratradio at gamerscape.com. You tweet at us at aetheratradio. You can also find us as Gamerscape on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord. That's discord.gg slash gamerscape. Come and talk to us. We have our Aetherate Radio channel on there. We have a 14 channel. We will also have a 14 spoilers channel. If you do... The, the MSQ on Tuesday, and you're like, I need to talk to somebody about what just happened. Discord.gg slash Gamerscape. Go into our patch 6.2, or it's our 14 spoilers uh, channel. It's not, it's, we, we, we turn it on every patch. It doesn't have a mm -hmm. patch named on it. But yeah, check that out. Uh, <laughs> everybody will be talking about everything. So if that's something that you just, you just need to, to have somebody to talk to about whatever good or bad happens in the story yeah uh, there's that for you that's gonna do it for us thank you everybody for hanging out uh remember first edition soon tm soon we don't have a date but when we do we will let you know um obviously with the patch hitting this coming week uh we're gonna be talking about that we're gonna be reviewing it um and all sorts of stuff around that so uh make sure to stay tuned for that and uh until then enjoy the week have fun with the patch and uh we'll see you later Oh, goodbye. Oh, bye. bye.